there are there are certain voice lines that you know so well, like the intonation and exactly how it comes out. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had one of them, especially for for Baldur's Gate One. I can pretty much quote the first act, yep. like yep. near enough word for word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely happened while I was doing that. The when I was doing that playthrough of Blade Runner, which I need to actually go back and finish. Where there's definitely yeah. like there's definitely lines in there that I know, like intonation and all. Um, it's such a weird feeling. It's such a bizarre thing. It's uh, it it's it's it happen it happens so much that like sometimes you say stuff in everyday life just as like a thing, forgetting that it's a quote from a thing that you know. Because um, like there's like there are things that I do if like if I do like a like purposeful dramatic yawn, mm-hmm. I'll do it. I'll do it like the guard in Baldur's Gate One and <laughs> um. In Candlekeep, because there's a guy that you go do a quest for, and all he does is yawn. Yeah, and I do it like that, and I don't know why. This is the 30th of June 2020 and this is the Game Engine Start Podcast. My name is Ewan. My name's Callum. And I hope you're all surviving as we live through the weirdest heat wave that has ever existed in this country's history. <laughs> specifically where, our country, yeah. Yeah, where it's currently like exceptionally dull and overcast, but also a bajillion degrees. And it's better where I am, but yeah, it's been it's been a strange time where it's like it's been it's as as like older people would say. It's thinking about it, like it's thinking, <laughs> it's thinking about, about having it. a storm. Yeah, it's thinking about having a really big storm just to clear the atmosphere and stuff like that. But yep. it's not had it yet. Yeah, um, we've been getting an eye. So we're still perpetually in a state where it's overcast. It's going to rain at any minute, but it's also like almost twenty degrees. Yes. Um, we've been keeping an eye on like weather apps and stuff like that during the week. It was like, oh, it's going to like rain all weekend and it'll be great and it'll break and it'll be awesome. Um, and it just has not happened at all. <laughs> No, not happened. Which is incredibly it's annoying. Really, it's really uncomfortable and really bad, but yeah. Yeah, it's incredibly annoying. Um, but yeah, it's weird times all around. It's just, it's just, just what you need when... Well, I was going to say when you're in lockdown, but our lockdown's like starting to lift and stuff It's like starting that, so to it's get like... there, yeah, because you're back at work now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, yeah. And then it's, a strange, we... it's a strange situation for us, but yeah. yeah. And then we're starting to get some people going back... Um, people who just genuinely can't work at home because childcare and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the rest of us are just like, yeah, we got an email um, till end of last week saying like, yeah, here's here's how we're doing this and we're starting this. But those of you who don't, those of you who are fine working at home, just fucking stay there was the, the main part of the, the email. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Which is all right because um, we appear to be doing fine. But still, it's like, yeah, it's starting to open back up. I well, don't know. Like, you, you guys... It must be the easiest thing in the world to work from home for you because it's just like I mean, I except know, pushing code or something like that. I guess. I mean, yes, but, but except that like, so we've got we get two big technical hurdles really for us. One is that because of the nature of what we do, we can't take data off site because it's sensitive. Yeah. So yeah. we can't just take data on our on like laptops and stuff home. So all of our data has to live in the office, and the data we deal with is big. So. 
suddenly there's a whole bunch of traffic down a VPN pipe that has never had a, that much traffic oh, down sure, it before. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Right. As the entire company tries to do it at once, you're just like, okay, sure. Um, and then also we have a, a separate pipe that goes to our Japan offices, which is not huge and is a long distance away. And that's suddenly getting used more because people are having to connect directly there, and it was it's a whole thing. So basically, our IT department have not slept. It's in the about same. Three it's, the, it's the same problem that like nearly every company in the world has had, which is like, mm. oh shit, we weren't prepared for everybody working at home. Totally, but like we've got, um, we've got this unique problem of like giant giant amounts of data coming over networks and stuff like that. Um, oh, true, yeah. Um, which you don't because normally, like if if stuff is just available, you can just download it, work with it. This is. This is different. Um, remember to tell you off air about <laughs> about one thing we discovered recently that um, kind of blew our minds. But that's that's a thing for off air, <laughs> not recording. Yeah. Um. So we probably want to get into Last of Us pretty quickly because I feel like that's going to be a large chunk of what oh, we want to yeah. talk about. And I know you spent a bunch of yeah. time with it, but I'll just very quickly mention the uh, kind of important things I'd been doing um so i finished unavowed because i remember i talked about that last time i got through to the end of that if there's ever been a game that i don't feel has stuck the landing it's that game like i I thought you said the ending was really good the Um, the lead up to the ending is very good and then the ending uh, actually happens and you're like oh we're just ending here okay sure um i had 100 see what it's trying to do it just feels like it was a little rushed or just like they didn't quite know how to pull together mm-hmm. it's it is the epitome of like an adventure game or a game where you have decisions like or you're kind of controlling with branching paths basically where they're like here's all of your branching path decisions come back to bite you in the ass if you've done x y and z you're like okay sure but it's very like mechanically bare like you see exactly what it's doing you're like, oh, oh right, yeah, okay. you see the, co- the cogs turn. And yeah, that's the... and then you get to the final conflict yeah. and it's like, oh, it's like it's like a two or three way decision and that's it. And you're like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Fine. But um, yeah, everything up to like the last half hour of that game is really, really good. Um, right. And there's a I think I said that, I can't remember if this happened la- since the last time we recorded, but there's a moment in that game that I am disappointed that game did not come out this year so I can talk about it at the end of the year. I mean, I probably will <laughs> anyway, but it's... I mean, yeah, you can you can mention it or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's definitely one of the best narrative story turns I think I've seen in a game in a while. Sure. Where it kind of complete left field, like, oh shit, okay. Like, super, like I know it's a thing that people say often, but like it does recontextualize a lot of the game in a five second minute in a five second section of um of story you're like oh this changes fucking everything okay sure um and then the other thing very briefly i got i think did i get it off a humble bundle i can't remember but there's a game called uh 1980x which was uh which i've been i'd had on my wish list for a while oh i've seen this thing sorry i know the thing you're talking about yeah and I think I think it came through in a humble bundle. And I was like, I'd, I'd I'd claimed it, and it was just sitting in my Steam list. And I was like, I need something to play for like three hours, and I booted that up. So it is a, it's a weird game to describe. It is a, it is basically like five 
mini versions of like old arcade games but strung together with a narrative and voice acting and some really really cool pixel art um so it tell it basically tells the story uh of this teenager who is like i mean it's it's not a it's not a particularly it's not the most original story in the world, but it is like. I was going to say, is this another story about sad teenagers? Is this kind of yeah? But the, are we right? Are we right in your wheelhouse again? Is kind of, the... kind of yeah. But it's it's so it's a it's a teenager who's kind of who lives in the suburbs outside of a giant city, and like completely unnamed. Like it's not a particular place, but it's like they live in the suburbs and they are bored with their life. And there's obviously stuff going on at home, and they're like they 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 dream of escaping to the big city and all this kind of stuff. Um. But then they contextualize. So there's the, there's the sections of like real world story part of it, which is really well voice acted and really nice pixel art of them like walking around rainy streets and stuff like that. It's super cool. And then it contextualizes the story parts of it as like old arc- old arcade games or, or old old yeah. style games. So like there's a section that's just outrun. Um, which is really good. Yeah, I'm seeing. I'm seeing like Outrun and Streets of Rage. There's and... like a uh, what's the the samurai game, the ninja game, Shinobi. Um, Shinobi. Yes, there's like a Shinobi yeah. section. There's like a turn-based uh, RPG section, which is really good. Yeah, um, it's got really good art on it. Yeah, the art is superb, and they've like all all of the games that they've rebuilt, um, or all the games they're they've they've built to tell the story like they're really good versions of that kind of game like their shmup mm-hmm. is actually pretty good like it feels good to play it's an immense amount of effort for them to 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 generate these like very different types of games and have them all feel good um but yeah it's a really really cool like afternoon like two three hour um run through of yeah they, 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 they put it right on the steam page of estimated playtime two hours yeah i don't know why so, they put it on the steam page because it, and it's also like the thing i didn't anticipate from it because i've been following their twitter account for a while because i like i just like the art basically um it is a part one of a of oh a thing, really okay and it ends on like a oh okay moment um and it's weird as well because it's not a thing it's not an era or like type of game that I have particular fondness for or like attachment to because I just never like I didn't play those games at the time but like they do a good job of like they do a good job of like it being a love letter to that kind of that time and that kind of style of game it's sure yeah it's it's really cool it's well worth and I think it's on sale now as well well worth having a look at if you're looking for just like a Hey, do I want to watch a movie or do I want to play something? Like it's a good two-hour thing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which people should play. Um, I'm just checking. Yeah, I've played enough of anything else really to 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 go into. Sure. Um, somebody, God, what was it? Was it some stream I was watching, or was it? Oh, was that giant bomb thing? I can't remember. Somebody mentioned Future Cop LAPD on a stream, <laughs> and then went, "Oh, oh that shit, that fucking game." And I was like, I wonder if you can get that running on modern PCs. And then remembered that there was a game called Airmech that was basically that multiplayer. Yeah, Airmech was like it was like that if you played it, um, but it was also like a MOBA. It yeah, was weird. Well, because there was two. Because there was Airmech. I, I guess LAPD was kind of like a MOBA. Kind of. It was like a MOBA before MOBAs were a thing, right? And yeah. it was so there was there was Airmech, which was the uh, a game, and then there's Airmech Strike. Is that what it's called? Airmech. I don't know. I know Airmech. the. I know there was another thing, but I don't know if that was just like an improvement of the old thing Airmech or Strike. a different thing. So Airmech Strike, just very briefly, is a is a free to play 
version. Oh, right, and, I, yeah. and I don't know yeah. how different it is from original Air Mech, but it is like multiplayer only. Um, well, it's not multiplayer only. You can do like AI skirmishes, but it's generally designed for like for multiplayer. And it is, um, it looks like a version. It looks like that. So I played a bunch of that, and actually, it's kind of pretty good. Like it's a cool system. I'll talk about it more when I've been able to put some more time into it. But it's, it's yeah, it's genuinely seem it's filling that LAPD hole. But I might try and get that game running again on a PC because that game was really good and. Yeah, it, it was. Getting, it I keep was surprisingly getting, I keep, good. We played keep, a lot of that. We did play a lot of that game, um, and I don't think I ever actually bought it. Like, I think we just played a lot of the demo, which had maybe like, I can't this, remember, which had a chunk of the single player and a one map of the multiplayer. So I might see if there's a way to actually pick that game up and try it because I'm I'm fascinated by that. Um, but yeah, we should talk about Last of Us because that's kind of why we're here. Yeah, I'll I'll briefly mention oh, yeah. the other stuff that yeah, yeah. Um, I've played because uh, I can only mention them briefly. So Torchlight Three came out after talking uh, that PC game show thing. They yep. just said, "Oh, we're releasing Torchlight Three on early access." Um, oh yeah, it's early access, right? Yes. There's the, the, yeah. There's not a lot I can say about it because it's because it's early access, so everything could change. Um, it was horrifically broken for a while, but they fixed it, and it's now like playable. Right. Um, was it all? Was it all? It, I remember you saying it was like server architecture stuff. Like the servers weren't running. Yeah, it was lagging. And... Was just was just like it seemed to be from ba- based on what the developers were saying on Discord and stuff. That was literally just more people were playing it than they expected, and everything right. broke. Like right. that was the that was a bit long and short of it. Um, yeah, it plays like Torchlight. They've made some weird changes between Torchlight two and three in terms of like stat systems and stuff like that. But. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, that could be just because there's something not in the game yet, or that's a purposeful thing, or we don't really know. So I'm sitting waiting before until like they have a more solid foundation before I talk about it. I'm just yeah. saying that I have it; it's there, and I play it. Do they have a? Um, do they have like a roadmap? Do they have like a update schedule? Yeah, they've for, got like... road, they've got roadmaps. They've got updates. They just put okay. out an update um, the other day, uh, cool. and they said they're going to put out a new act by the end of the month. I think they said. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're 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 very obviously doing stuff like listening to the developers and stuff talk on Discord. They're very active and like the okay, we know what we need to do. Like, tell us if you find anything weird, let sure. us know and we'll fix it. Um, but yeah, it was weird that whole that whole Discord was a horrible place on launch day because it was just people going, "I played twenty quid and I can't play it." I remember you telling me that. Me a, yeah. Give me a refund. I was like, "It's an early access game, and the developers are telling you why it's broken. Stop yep. being such a dick." Yep. Is yep. yeah. Yep. Is that. Um, the other surprise that came out at the PC game show was the fact that Persona 4 Golden released on PC, oh, which yeah. was rumored for a really long time. Um, where was was like in the rumor like the week beforehand of like this might happen, and then it came out, and there was like, yeah, it's out, go buy it. Um, and it's fifteen pounds on Steam. And Persona 4 is one of the best JRPGs ever made, and Golden is like the best version of that game. Yeah. Um, so having it on PC is awesome. I'm playing through it again. That game's still great. You forget how good that game is because it was from like 2008 or something like that you forget how good that game is until you start playing it again where it's like so well written and has a really unique look and has really clever systems and the music's amazing and it's just so good like if you haven't played persona 4 and you'd like jrpgs in any way you should play persona 4 play golden it's way better I, um, it's got the because i remember the because v the this is the Vita version, right? That came out golden. This is the Vita version, yeah, it was golden. Does yeah. it still have the um like difficulty customization yes, stuff? Yes, so 
one one of the best things about it is that the the difficulty is customizable on like five different levels i think it is right where it's like you can affect how much golden xp combat gives the difficulty of combat and the difficulty of something else that i can't remember yeah something like that i think it's four levels but yeah so it's like but it's not like it's not granulated it's literally just do you want it normal do you want it more or do you want it less which okay. is fine because yeah. like so having played that game before i know how ridiculous the difficulty spike in that game is um at certain points mm-hmm. so all i do is just turn up the xp and the money for a bit so that you don't have to grind as much yep and then turn it back down again so is it 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 lets you counter that game's problem, which was there are random fucking spikes of difficulty in that game. Yeah. Especially when one of the major difficulty spikes is really early on, like right. the, the end of Yukiko's dungeon is like a ridiculously difficult fight for no reason. So can you, um, modi- can you modify it like it during the game? Like it's not just a set yeah. start and... Oh, cool. Yeah, you can do it at any point you want. Um, so I've just had it on like more money and more XP for Yukiko's dungeon just so that I don't get murdered by the boss right and then i'll like turn it down after that and then i'll turn it back up when it's time to do uh whatever the fight is where you fight teddy at the end of it but i can't remember but yeah you'll okay. turn i'll turn it back up for that because that fight's also ridiculously hard for no reason sure but and then turn it back down but yeah it's 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 really good like persona 4 is a really really good game uh and people should play it um and join the discussion about whether or not four is better than five. Uh, but yeah, is that long running discussion? The, the, being a fan of a Persona game is nothing but arguments and like <laughs> stuff like that about like okay. which which game's better, which game had a better soundtrack, which female romance option is the best, like who's the best character, like who's all your stuff. waifu? That's all exactly. Like the the main discussion in the Persona community is like who's the best waifu? Nice, and Good. most people are wrong. Very <laughs> Um, I was about. To, I thought that conversation was going to go, and all of those people are dumb. And then actually, the response was, all, "You're just wrong." Them, a lot, a lot of those people are wrong. Yeah, no, but they, the, the there, people. There's a difference between this is a dumb argument and those people are wrong, which means you're contributing. Oh, no, it's, a, to it's, a, it's a dumb, it's a dumb argument, which a lot of people are wrong about. Like that's the <laughs> okay, sure. The sad yeah. thing is that it's an argument that really doesn't matter and it's fucking stupid, but people are still choosing to be wrong uh, <laughs> by having terrible taste in video game females, uh, nice. which is nice. I have discussions about this a lot, especially with I can one tell. of my friends. I can tell. Yeah. One of, my, cool. one of my friends and I are big Persona fans and he has the most like fucking vanilla taste in women you've ever seen in your life and it's we cannot go so down, fucking we funny. cannot go down this road this is a whole know, other thing just, okay yeah. um so yeah i guess let's talk about the last of us um yeah. so for so i for context so, yeah. you've played a bunch of it yeah i've played like 10 or 12 hours or something right okay and i haven't touched it yet um mm-hmm. and we're not going to talk spoilers because like i said i haven't touched it yet so um, no i'm not going to say about... anything specific it's going to be very high level stuff yeah exactly um that game uh this that it's really hard to talk about this game because it is really i'm really conflicted about it sure um so last of us part two at base level it's direct sequel to last of us one it's set there's the, it's set with an older Ellie as the main character where it's like four years later after the end of Last of Us 1, but it tells mm. the story with flashbacks. So it oh. like jumps to it jumps to four years later, but then goes back every so often and goes like, this was two years later or three years later right. to tell different parts of the story. Um, 
it's hard to talk specifically about story because sure. there are very specific spoilers. Uh, yeah. But like, yeah, Ellie's the main character. You'll see that from all the stuff. Um, it's very much her story about her going to do a thing. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all I can say without yeah, spoiling totally. a whole lot. Which of is stuff. all which um, is all we need to know. The game, so it plays very much like Last of Us One, where it is like. The combat is all about like stealth and sneaking around and dealing with the cordyceps infected where there are multiple different types of them that have different ways of being dealt with. Mm-hmm. And then the human side of it where there is like people that if you get spotted, they have guns and will start shooting at you. Sure. Um, it's that countered with exploration, narrative, and uh, in this game, which I think is kind of different to Last of Us 1, where last was one was fairly linear there mm-hmm. was like you get dropped in areas and you go do the thing and that's kind of it this has like bigger start not starting maps but like when you get dropped in an area the map is quite big right and you can like wander around and you find like it's like scavenging basically you wander and you find bullets and you find crafting materials and it's got this whole other aspect of uh, like in-world storytelling mm-hmm. so like you find notes written by people and like stuff about like oh we tried to run away but we got caught and like there's you, you learn the little stories of the world as you go through it sure um and it's pretty good like it's it's much like the rest of the game it's very well written like the mm. the thing that the thing that is this game's strength is the the writing and the acting and the right. and, and the visuals i guess like sure the game looks amazing like yeah. it is it's undeniable that that thing looks incredible it is like there's zero zero frame rate hitches like zero problems it is the vistas are absolutely staggering like it's incredibly well realized mm-hmm. um draw distance is amazing the like stuff like water and like dynamic effects and stuff like that are brilliant characters are unbelievable like the the subtlety that they can get in like facial expression and stuff sure. like that um and animation is amazing like it's it's unlike anything i've seen before where there's like real emotion behind what people are saying right and like um the animation backs it up and stuff like that like there's a scene in that game where ellie takes off her shirt mm-hmm. and like it is it, it i like had to sit and stare at it for ages because like if you know anything about like even even like the low amount that i know the the process of getting a character in a video game to take off a shirt oh, and yeah, have this, it look real. This did the rounds yeah. on Twitter as well, this this gif. Having yeah. having it having it look real is really difficult because yep. there's a lot of things all playing. There's like cloth physics, there's animation cycles, there's all these things that all have to play off each other. Like anyone that's played it. anyone that's played video games before knows that like when a character has to do a change of some kind, even if it's like of any type really, the the either explicitly hide it by cutting the camera away or they do some really nice like chuck and jive uh yeah like uh smoke and mirrors to make sure so they can switch the model over but yeah that was yeah yeah this it looks, one, it this looks one is just she's sitting on a bed and she just take she take, gets help taking her shirt off and it is like it's kind of it's kind of amazing because it's it looks totally real mm-hmm. and like no 
no video game like hitchiness of going like oh that bit clipped through her arm or whatever like it looks like someone has taken their shirt off yeah which is for something so small is a really big deal in video game animation totally um, and again like the the other one that was doing the other one that there was stuff about was the the rope stuff like the rope stuff is yeah genuinely impressive uh so, it, so i i don't know the like the basis under why this is so impressive but like just using it is so like if you really if you, impressive because it happens a lot where there's like coiled up like cord or rope or something yeah. and you have to like throw it over something and then it, it becomes a rope that you can climb up and swing yeah. from and it's definitely an evolution of if you play if people played uncharted 4 the winch stuff from the middle section of that game when you've got the the, mm. the thing it's definitely like they've taken that technology and blown it out really but the, mm-hmm. the thing that the thing that looked impressive about it was well there's kind of two halves to why it's impressive one is like <clears throat> excuse me like ellie's interaction with the 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 rope where if it's if it's not tied to anything, like she's coiling it up as she walks about, yeah. so that it's got this this general thing, and that animation just looks really good. You can the other the other thing about that animation is that it's like um, it changes depending on where you grab the rope. Yep. So, so like if the rope's extended, you can grab it at any point, and she will start coiling it so that it works based on where she's grabbing yeah. it. And it's, then the, it's the, weird, and the, yeah. And then the other part is like when you can you basically like toss the coil through windows and stuff like that to tie stuff. And the 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 video I saw was somebody like actually testing it out, like not doing the game bit, like to see how much they can break it. And like it coils around objects, like it wraps around stuff. Like as you pull the rope at the other thing, if there's like a, I think the video I saw there's like a rolly chair, like that it's draped yeah. over, and you pull the rope, and the rolly chair moves, and all that kind of stuff. Like the, the the main way that you normally like fake that in games is you basically have like a bone chain that's getting into IK and stuff like that now. But like basically, yeah. you, have a, you have you have the rope is not a rope; it's a sections of it's basically like sections of solid material that are joined together yeah. on hinges. But this is like, which is why which is why when you look at games that are when ropes like glitch out and stuff, it yeah. looks like it's weird and like blocky and square. Yeah. Because it is like little bits of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, it's 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 very cool, and like the the animation as well. Like when she runs out of rope and is still holding onto it, like and as she walks away and the rope gets taut, like it tugs her back and stuff like that. Yeah, like, it's it's super impressive. Like there's a lot of a yeah, thing. there's a lot of like really good animation stuff in there, like really subtle stuff. Um, this is probably also the point is... where we, this is probably also the point we should mention that um, this thing spins up your PS4, right? Oh yeah. It's the I think when you asked, I, de- I defined it as like my PS4 sounded like it was a jet engine trying to build a jet engine. Yeah, like it was. It, it's really loud. Yeah. Like it is proper worrying level of like this thing is like fan hundred percent at all times. And we I will say it does do that, but there are like no problems, like totally. zero issues with the game. And <laughs> also like because you've got a you've got a PS4 Slim, right? Or the, so, yeah. the re, the re, not the not the launch one. You've got the, the, the reissue, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I've heard base models, I've heard the slim, and I've also heard the pro. Also, it spins that thing up. Like it just it yeah. looks, it it does the Naughty Dog thing where it just appears to max out the hardware um, that it's yeah. running on. But if, if if there are no issues, then I suppose it's relevant. Just wear headphones, maybe. <laughs> um, it's, but, yeah, it is it is very loud. Um, sure. But okay. it's not. Yeah, that's just what it is. Um, so yeah, animation stuff looks amazing. The writing is, it's, it, it's, it's again. This is also where it starts. This is where the game starts breaking up, not breaking apart, but I start getting into minds about it. Sure. The writing, the writing is of characters is really good. 
is incredible. Like, so the, do, you mean, do you mean like when we when you say because writing can be a bunch of things? Do you mean like dialogue, or do you mean yeah? Like, so when I, when I say write, when I say writing of characters, I mean the things that the characters say and how the characters act, like right. things okay. the characters do in that game right. are amazing. Right. Like character dialogue, there was a lot of there was a lot of chat early on in this game's life, which I'll get to uh, about. I'll just say it now. When I started getting like review bombed on Metacritic for yep. no reason, yep, there was a lot of there was a lot of chat of the the people that were review bombing and were saying, "Oh, the writing's not very good." Yep. And I was like, "They're so wrong about it," <laughs> but it is. But I but I can see what I can kind of see what they're going for. Where it is like the game's not written like a game. Right. It's not. It's not bombast and it's not characters like stating purpose with intent and stuff sure. like that. It's written like it's written like an HBO drama. It's incredibly right. subtle. It's a really slow burn. Right. People talk like how people talk to each other. Right. Like it is real and And it's kinda gritty and yeah. It's wild to me that anyone would go into this game with any knowledge of Naughty Dog of Last of Us of what they're yeah. expecting this game to come into this game thinking it was going to be anything except that like that seems yeah. wild to me and it seems like a, I mean the review bombing I saw was like people having issues with things that they shouldn't be having issues with but like so yeah but yeah um but yeah like it it yeah like the things I I I'm I, I'm glad that the 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 dialogue is good that's the thing yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing. Like it is, even just like the in-world dialogue is like, it's it they 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 really go a long way to making it feel like it's real people. It's real people in a really shit situation. Sure, but it is they are talking like humans. They are not talking like video game characters. They are interacting with each other with like offhand comments and like um, people stating that they're going to do something in like really minor ways, and people just going yeah and like mm-hmm. not. There's no, there's no weird video gaminess around it. If you know yeah. what I mean, yeah. like it is, it's very, very real and it's awesome. Like, it, and it's paired with probably the best like video game acting performances like mm. you've probably ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker and like, um, oh, who else is it? I can't remember. Ashley Johnson. Ashley Johnson is obviously the main one because she's Ellie. There's a bunch of other characters, and they're all amazingly well realized they're fantastic acting mm-hmm. seeing ashley johnson has such a range in this game really? where because okay. she's like she's like jumping because you're jumping between like the end of last of us one to like four years in the future to like two years oh in between, right of course you yeah, start yeah. seeing ellie changing over that time period for various reasons so gotcha. her performance is starting to change and it is it's it's subtle changes and like varying character stuff, but she does it so well right. that you really start buying into what this character is doing, which helps obviously because she's the main character. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, and then it gets to the stuff that is like I start getting in two minds about this thing right. where the writing's really bleak, like. Yeah really bleak like to the point of it being almost depressing to play it yep like it is that's that is what i've heard it, it is it is really the obviously like the world in that game is in a shit way yeah um totally. like it's, it's completely fucked over by zombies joel at the end of the last of us one is such a bastard and like yeah. if you understand the entire story 
everybody is so fucked in that world. Yep. And there is like no there's no break. Like there is no relief. Yeah. It is like there's like minor jokey comments here and there, but it is like it's jokes told through gritted teeth yeah. of like I'm saying this because if I don't say this, I'll cry. Like right. that sort of joke. And there the, are moments there are def- moments in like Yeah, sorry. Uh, there's because there's ways of doing that kind of story or that kind of uh, bleakness with so like if you look at um, this is a bad example but it's one that comes into head like if you look at um, what the division did with the story and especially <laughs> yeah, in two yeah. where like yeah that world is kind of fucked and like you go out into the city and it's like it's a nightmare out there and it's like dark and there's people just like getting ignited by flamethrowers in the streets and all that kind of stuff. But they then have the, like, the home bases, like, especially the main home base in 2, which is, like, it gradually evolves. There's, like, kids playing. Yeah. There's, like, a garden. Like, people are discussing oh, how yeah. the how the, the civilization, how we're going to rebuild civilization, all of that kind of stuff. Like, it does have that other half to it as well, where you see, like, people coming, yeah. like, dealing with this in a way that is positive. It sounds like every part of 2 is just, like, nah, we're all fucked, and I don't know why yeah, we're bothering. Especially, it's, it's, a, it's a very good point, actually, because, like, yeah, in a lot of these, like, apocalypse stories and stuff like that, the thing that is the the off, the the, the foil to it is hope, obviously, yeah. is, like, the the hope of, like, oh, we'll get through this and humanity will survive or whatever. Or but we'll make the best the, of it, or, we're, or, or we'll, we'll like... Or like yeah. But if you know the end of The Last of Us 1 and the whole story between Ellie and, like, all that stuff, yeah, you kind of, you kind of know that because of the actions of one person, the world is now worse. Yes. And like hope is dying in that world. So there is like very little going on that mm-hmm. helps. There are moments that are tiny fractions of moments that are like nice and wholesome, but mm-hmm. even they are like they they're that that sentence is full stopped by holy shit, there's this bleak thing that happens at the very end. Yeah. yeah. That is so they I like mean- I mean, that was the, the, that was the, the thing. The relief isn't enough because you get that little bit and then they just go, ah, no, it's fucked again. And yeah, then, I mean, that, that was the impression they gave at the the original E3 showing of it where they do the, it's the scene in the, which I, you obviously can't say how close this is to the actual game because I know they fucked some yeah. of those scenes up. But, or they, sorry, they didn't fuck the scenes up. They, there's a report I haven't read. I just saw the headline yeah. that they've changed scenes from preview coverage mm-hmm. for the actual game to preserve story and all that kind of stuff. But the scene... Mm-hmm in that original E3 showing in the, the, the dance in the barn, which is yeah. like this really wholesome moment between two characters, which they like, they just spin the camera and Ellie is brutally murdering someone. And you're just like, yeah. Oh, like, is that basically that whole game is like, um, here's, here's, yeah, here, here's a bit much. of humanity. Oh, and then imagine, but imagine, right. Here's the other, the, the, the point about that of, so there, there are, there are, like I said, there are scenes of like, oh, isn't that nice and wholesome yeah. in the like 10, 12 hours I've played those scenes total up to maybe like half an hour of gameplay. Really? Like, wow. There is not much of it. It's the rest of it is all really bleak and really sad and really brutal. Yeah. Um, which therefore makes it like a chore, not a chore, but like it's really hard to play at times, totally. especially in the current world state yeah. where like it's all 
fucking America's on fire, it's all locked down, like, everything is so strange in the world right now, and this game does nothing to counter that. Totally. It's just like... And I mean, I, if, I you don't play think... video, if you play video games for escapism, you're escaping from nothing by playing yeah. The Last of Us 2 right now. Like, it's, it's just more of that. And it's weird, like, because I, I don't think that's inherently... Inherently, that's not a bad thing. Like, there are definitely no, games I've... There's there's definitely games I've played before where I'm like, I need to put this down for a bit because, like, I don't know, like, like they've done a story beat that's that's really hit, or there's some like, like there's been a couple of instances of like some of the original Telltale games where you're like, fuck that decision, holy shit, like that kind of stuff that makes you that makes you have to walk away for a bit is not a bad thing. It means the game has had an effect. The problem is that this game is coming out. It's going to be weird in like five, ten years' time if the world still exists in five, ten years' time. We will go back yeah. and look at this game and be like, it is going to be impossible to talk about this game without the context of the world right now. Yeah, so that's I was going to say it is like, so they already, they delayed it, obviously. Yes. Um, I, don't, we, I don't know if it was because like it was happening, that game was going to come out right at the peak of coronavirus or what. They said it, was. it just wasn't ready. I mean, that was their, that yeah. was their thing. They said it just wasn't ready but in time. It is... It is a game that has is almost it's almost to say that game has come out at the wrong time. Yep. Like it is, totally. it, it is such a, and I, I have no I have no problem with the tone and whatever they're going for because obviously that's the story they're telling and the story they're telling is interesting. Yeah, and I want to see what happens, but it is like coming home from a day at work where you have to like socially distance and wear masks and you're hearing on the news all the time about how like oh my god there's like five thousand new cases in america yeah. fucking brazil's a, a mess and stuff like that and then you come home and you get into another situation with another outbreak where everybody's fucked and yeah uh-huh. it just it really it really drains you and it's really hard to play i can only play that game in like two hour stints because totally. you just go yep. like fuck like it's yeah so and i think the thing is like, like the thing for me was always with no, this game specifically, oh yeah, oh can you hear that? You don't yeah. like me talking about last yeah, of us, no. yeah. It's the it's the Metacritic police coming to take you away. Yeah. Um, the thing for me because the, the reason why I haven't jumped into that game, well, there's many reasons I didn't jump into this game at launch, but like, it was possibly going to just I, I wanted to hear more people talk about what it was going to be like because like yes, based on the current context of the world, it might not be a thing I want to engage with right at this yeah. very moment. Um. And I don't think that, and the stuff you're talking about, like I say, is not inherently a bad thing. Like, I enjoy, I like that we're at the position where there are games which is just like, this is not a summer blockbuster. Like, this is a thing mm. that's going to tell a story that, because um, it was the, it was a big, this is going to be a slight tangent, but like, so my my wife is a big reader. She like, and she's mm. like, we have an entire multiple bookshelves of, of, of her, her collection at home. And I was not, there's definitely, I used to be, but there's definitely a long period of time where I didn't read a lot of fiction. Like, it just wasn't a thing. I, yeah. I, I had time for, time for all this kind of stuff. And as she's been continuing to tell me stories that, the, the kind of general plots of the stuff that she reads, like, there's some dark fucking shit in there. Like, really, yeah. like, on the, like, like, not, there's a lot of stuff in there that's not light. Like, it, it, yeah, as, as a story, right? So there's a, and I, I, I like the idea that games can have stuff that is 
that that is is similar, right? Like some really bleak, really dark stuff, and it's all about actually how you tell that story. Like I'm I'm yeah. trying to not I'm trying to separate the fact that like I'm not saying bleak game bad. Like that's not no yeah nothing nothing I'm saying about the Last of Us Two is saying that it's bad. Yeah, it's just bleak. It's it really bleak. Yeah, like, and it's contextual. So the thing that changes, yeah. I think, for me is that so like so Last of Us One specifically when that came out. Like, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. Last of Us 1 because mm-hmm. it was the first game that I had played at that point, or, well, one of the first games I'd played at that point where they decided to go down that kind of road, where you're like, this is not a, this is not a, especially contrasted to Uncharted, which, like, Naughty Dog's last game, like, this ain't a summer blockbuster. This is a, like, Children of Men style, kind of grey, dark, like, this world is fucked and there isn't going to be a lot of relief style thing Yeah, to which the ending contributed to that where you're like oh yeah you did the bad thing okay right yeah. huh that's you've, bold you fucked everybody that's exactly yeah. and games have come a long way since then and like you can do there are ways of telling that people have told stories of similar bleakness not similar kind of around that the same area and people have told stories where it's like yeah shit's fucked like they, there's no happy mm-hmm. ending here like there are ways of doing that yeah, and then you watch the not the, not so much the critical response, but like the 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 customer response, the consumer response to this game, and it's like, oh man, the story's dark, and games don't do dark stories, and it's like, and you're like, wait, are you new to this? Like, is this the first yeah. game? Of, and again, that's not a bad thing. Like, we've all been through that journey. Like, for me, the reason why I wanted to like do this website, start doing this podcast and all this kind of stuff. It was a collection of three games for me. It was Bioshock Infinite, it was Gone Home, and it was the original Walking Dead, mm-hmm. uh, the Telltale game, where it was like, oh, yeah. there's there's shit here. That There's another level to all of this that is interesting. And like once that stuff happened, and I was like, and probably Depression Quest actually was also on that list for me. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're doing, there's more to this. This is not just like, <laughs> this ain't your this ain't your grandfather's video games anymore, right? There's there's, yeah, there's stuff here to investigate. Yeah. Like, so there like, are art and there's story to tell. And, totally. Yeah. So when you see like 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds pick up this game and go, man, people don't tell stories like this anymore. I was like, fucking Game of Thrones has been on for how many years? Like yeah. Walking Dead, like the Walking Dead series did some of that. Like there's a bunch of HBO dramas that do this kind of thing. Like the mm-hmm. type of story they're telling here is not new. Which feels like the, the, yeah the, the reason the reason at the start of all this that I compared the writing and stuff like that to an HBO show is because it's a pretty direct parallel to stuff like Game of Thrones yeah like it is they they make a very good point of like setting up the world and like showing how screwed everything is and how yep. fucked everybody is they also do the HBO thing of like doing specific things in context that mean that you don't feel safe all the time like at any yep. given moment in the game yep. like everybody feels like they're at risk of anything at any moment like it is yeah yeah and i think there's definitely a and then to, to, to kind of segue into the next part we want to talk about which i think we might actually take a break and then come back to this but sure in a in 2020 when there are a bunch of it like a bunch of other media who have done stories that are similar to this it sounds like the way this game tries to differentiate itself is like it just doesn't 
the camera doesn't turn away when the bad shit happens i think is what yeah is is kind of the it's very, the other... it's, very it's very good at holding a frame like just holding a camera on like, something and letting yeah. it happen yeah so yeah. We'll, we'll come back and talk about the, the the kind of kind of wrap this up and do the, the downsides of this but we'll we'll cut to um we'll we'll go into intermission here and i believe you have some some music for us yeah this is gonna be really weird um so to counter every discussion about the last of us two um a game that came out fairly recently as well, which I was quite excited for, was Polybridge 2. Yep. Uh, okay, right. <laughs> you want to take a narrative oh, change? Yeah. This is it's going to be a fucking wild ride of emotion for this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Polybridge 2 came out and I was specifically excited because Polybridge 1 had a really amazing soundtrack by this guy called Adrian Talons, who is, did, did a lot of like acoustic, rhythmic guitar for that entire soundtrack and it was really cool and chill and really nice and it was an amazing soundtrack i listened to it a whole bunch so it was exciting when two came out because it came with a new adrian Salons talent soundtrack uh and again is he has changed up the style where it is now more um finger styles so there's a lot of picking yeah. uh instead of like strumming he has also expanded his like instrumental repertoire i guess you could say where he's now playing like some synth stuff and some uh glockenspiel and like he has put more instrumentation into it uh which gives it a really like different sort of sound uh still really chill still really nice he's also and as part of polybridge 2 has redone the entirety of the polybridge 1 soundtrack like reorchestrated it with new instruments and thought of it in a different way so which is all really good as well. Uh, the track's like 32 tracks long because it's like two soundtracks slammed together. Basically, yeah. Um And it's really good. So to I remember, break from talking about... I remember yeah. you messaging me and going, oh shit! I, I, I remember you messaging me going, yeah, the Polybridge soundtrack, 2 soundtrack is really good. And I I, I remember I responded, oh yeah, how is that game? And he's like, I've got no idea. I just bought the soundtrack. <laughs> like, you haven't yeah. actually played the game. At this, at this point, like, yeah, I will play the game at some point. Yeah. But the, the thing that mattered the most to me was listening to this soundtrack because i needed to know what he was doing yeah uh and it's really really good um so to counter the discussions about the last of us too we're going to listen to destinations from the polybridge 2 soundtrack to do kind of like nice chill break and then we'll yeah. talk more about it after yeah um so check the post for links so you can pick up the soundtrack and we'll be back with some more last of us and some news right after this Destinations from the Polybridge 2 soundtrack. Um, it's a really chill album. I would say it's good summer listening, but we can't uh, go outside. Uh, so, <laughs> well, you can good, if you if you look at if you look at my house, um, you can see a lot of people who are going outside and maybe not observing social distancing. Oh yeah, the fact the fact that there's like like gardens and parks and stuff in Glasgow that the police have to empty and stuff like that. Like, uh-huh. but anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's good road trip music. It's just nice. It's just chill. 
It's good for the current world state to just not think about stuff. <laughs> um, Speaking of not so, thinking about stuff. Let's so, go back to The Last of Us 2. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, the, so, yeah, like I was saying before the break, it seems like the way that it's trying to differentiate itself from the kind of story that's already done before is that it's like, it's really doubling down on the horrific violence that humans commit against humans. Yeah, so... This is this is part of where that I was talking about before the break, where I start getting into minds about this game because there are some real problems with it that I really don't like. Um, the violence, the violence is a, a major point where the there's a lot of it, and a lot of it goes unanswered, mm-hmm. like. So there, 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 there are points in that game where violence is understand, not understandable, but like is part of the story. Like mm-hmm. you get why they are as violent as they are, and things happen mm-hmm. that drive that violence. And then there is a lot of you ripping out people's throats, uh, very close to the camera, yeah. and shooting dogs in the face with a shotgun and blowing people's legs off and that for not a lot of reason like no yeah. one seems to draw a lot of remorse from like there's a point there's a point in that game where you have to escape from a school i think it is and you kill like 15 20 people uh and it's kind of shrugged off as like oh well if we hadn't they would have done it to us you're like, yeah, but that's a really lax. You don't they, they don't feel bad about it, and they don't really change because they've killed all these people. Like they just do it, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Like there's not there's no there's no backup to it. And I'm not saying every game has to like wax philosophical on violence and stuff like that. But that's but kind when... of but it's kind of a core part of the story of this thing, right? It's yeah. like it's like the evolution of this character, like coming story, to terms the with the world's core. I guess I can say this. The story at its core is like a revenge story. Like from from a lot of different aspects, not just for Ellie. Like the whole story is about people getting revenge for different things happening in the world. Yeah. Like it is a major theme of that game. It's like revenge and how revenge is bad and like corrupts people and yeah. makes people do dumb shit. But when talked of in the context of the theme of revenge, the violence gets talked about and people are like, oh, we might have gone too far. Like, what the fuck have we done? Mm-hmm. But then outside of that context of just everyday play, fucking Ellie is like slitting dudes' throats and like like I said, like blowing their legs off with shotguns and like hitting the head with bows and arrows and stuff like that with no remorse whatsoever. Like anytime, anytime, because you can do all the, all the encounters in that game, obviously you can just sneak by and not do anything. But if it gets... If it gets real and you end up having to clear the map, you clear the map and you've done some horrible stuff. Like you've like planted IEDs and stuff like that to kill people and yeah. like a whole bunch of really terrible shit. Um it ends and she like adjusts her backpack and then goes, Okay, right, and moves on. Mm-hmm. And nothing happens because of that. She just accepts that, that was a thing that she did. She just killed like six totally. animals and ten people. Um and, it, and it's it's weird 
talking about the context of this in a video game, right? Because, again, to go back to, like, Naughty Dog's previous work in Uncharted, like, one of the things that people always talk about in that game is, like, it's, like, this summer blockbuster where he's fucking Indiana Jones running around the world, saving people. Oh, yeah, and how, how and all Nathan Drake's, like, a genocidal maniac. Mass yeah, that, murder. Like, he kills yeah. so many people in that game. But it's done yeah. the same way that those things are done in like mainstream movies right where people get shot but you don't there's no blood spurts there's no like giant like you don't yeah. blow people apart people just go down and go to sleep or whatever exactly yeah. right and th- yeah. so there's there's one half of that and then the complete other side of that spectrum is something like i don't know fucking like soldier of fortune right where like the whole point of that game is that people blow apart in interesting ways like that's the yeah. whole thing right and at that point you start to go down the like grindhouse route of like the over-the-top violence wraps back around to becoming like not funny but like it's like part of the like yeah yeah. you know what you're getting when you go into that and it just seems like it seems like this game in particular is trying to is like violence doesn't work like that if it's just constantly at 11 because because yeah like what what, like one of my favorite if you want to use violence as a way to tell a story, like one of my favorite examples of that is again the the Telltale Walking Dead game, right? Where they mm-hmm. minor spoilers the first season of the Walking Dead, I suppose. But like is is the first or second episode where they they drop the brick on Kenny or you can yeah. drop the brick on Kenny. Like that game has had quote unquote violence and blood in it so far and there's been some stuff and like people have been bitten or stabbed whatever like but it's it's very low key. But then that's the point where they keep the camera on it and you're like you've just they've just dropped a brick on this dude's head and you've seen the damage it's done and it is this yeah. massive intake of breath where you're like oh shit stuff went bad and again like the the scene at the side of the road in that game where they they kill i can't remember which character they duck. kill at that point oh yeah oh yeah i didn't even think about the duck section the as well yeah yeah and you're like you can use really explicit violence as like uh, as like key points in yeah there's as like a major story totally yeah, yeah. And, it, and it is effective in those moments and there's a there's ways of doing that and it definitely feels like and again i haven't played the game but based on everything i've seen of the game people talking about it it just seems like they want to keep the camera on all of the time for 30 hours yes there's not very there's, much there's very little cut from any act of violence in that game like yeah. it is there and is like there's one there's no actually there's not because they cut it late there's one there's one scene in that game that i can think of where there is like a horrific violent act happening and it's like you know the thing that you do where like the character raises a weapon mm-hmm. and then starts to swing it down and the camera cuts away to yes. black yep. you know, it's like implied violence yep this has like they pull the thing up and they bring it down and it connects and then it cuts to black. Yeah. So you see it happen and then it decides to fade. And I was like, that their whole I know why they're holding the camera on it, but they're holding the camera on it and then continuing to hold the camera on everything else as well. Yeah. They're not that 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 holding of the camera is not a a change. It is just the cinematic direction of that thing. It's yeah. not like a a, a switch up to change the how the audience feels about a situation that's just yeah. how they're shooting the thing um, and, I, and i've seen people talk about um we're like the games that, that have been brought up surrounding last of us 2 is really interesting where somebody brought up spec ops the line 
which I really enjoyed. Yeah. You want to talk about things mm-hmm. doing interesting stuff with narrative at the time. Like, Spec Ops Line was a super interesting thing at the time when it was, where in the, in the state, in the world at that point where there was, like, like military action games were a dime a dozen, and then they yeah. start to go, like, you, that is that is a game where people committing acts of violence does change the character, well, right? Like, that's... Yeah, it was a game... It, it was a game that took the the context of like your average modern military shooter who is like the the lone gunman hero who like takes out ISIS by himself or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that game did that and then really shined a light on it and it'd be like, yeah, do you think you can really do that as a human and not yeah. be completely fucked up by that? Yeah. Like yeah, like look at this. Like this is what happens when this happens. Yeah. Um, and it's it's such a good like I know people have problems with that game and like there's there's inherent problems anytime you start talking about like mod like that kind of era of modern military games where you're like, I'm going to go to a foreign land and shoot a bunch of brown people. Like that's there's yeah. things there. But like as yeah. a purely as a narrative structure, like that game is kind of one of the best, I think, where like they do stuff in there. It's it's both a fantastic use of like the medium of a video game, the co- the the preconceptions of what that game would be based on like yeah. marketing and what they're doing and previous game and all of that kind of stuff, and then them just kicking you in the fucking throat and then being like, oh, okay, yeah, and that also turn at the end, is and like, then yeah. also like the like because that's um the main character is also uh, Nolan North, right? Yes. I think in that game, and that was the yeah. and that was me seeing Nolan North and going like, "Oh, he, this man actually like," because that was that was definitely came out at the point where like Nolan North was in every second video game, and it was like, yeah. "Oh, this man actually has some serious range." Okay, sure, like that game goes places. So, and yeah. that that was a thing, and like I said, to, to wrap back around, like Spec Ops Line was a thing that used violence to tell a story and really in a different way that people hadn't really done before. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. Once you've seen it 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 it, it, it recontextualized its violence to mm. really stamp a point of the point the, like one of the major points of that game story. Yeah. Um so while you were going through it, it felt like a modern military shooter, and then when it decided to do the turn, it would go like, This is what your violence actually meant. Yeah. And it was that was important. Yep. Um So like but, what like yeah. what does like is especially when the game is like what twenty five hours long, like yeah, something like that, like close you, to thirty. Like, is there any other effect that that kind of level of grotesqueness has, except for just making you feel numb to it? Uh, see, I didn't, I didn't become numb to it. Like, it's still just like even now, it's still me going like ah, that's a lot. Like yeah, okay, yeah, like the the animation the animation for a stealth kill in that game is like pretty harsh. Yeah, because it is like them struggling. And this is the other thing that really got me as well, where it's them like struggling, and she like stabs them right in the throat, but then like brings it round yep. a little bit and pulls out. So there is like right. real like real like anger and violence behind the thing that she's doing. Um. And then it is like put the, the 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 one thing that they do that I think is quite 
makes me feel awful, but it does contextualize it. Is when you, if you're going around stealth killing things and people find the body, mm. a lot, a lot of the time, the character that finds the body will shout out the name of the person that is dead. Right. Yes. So we'll go like, oh, Michael, or oh, Jet, like something, like a name. Yeah. So it contains the only thing that that does, though, because Ellie doesn't feel remorse about it. The only thing that does in your head is go like, fuck, like that, that's a person, like, that, that, like, it it detaches you from the main character because the main character doesn't give a fuck. But you in your head are like, that's a person that you've just done Mm -hmm. that to, and you feel no remorse about this. Yeah. Like, nothing has happened. It's, yeah, it's really because you want it. Really got to me. Like it, it's it's really weird, especially in the context of that first game where like you the whole point. Well, not the whole point, but like one of the things that game did really well was like it it it, it wrote or it it made you go along with Joel's way of thinking, right? Where you're like, yeah, we're to the point where that that game ends and that final decision happens, and you're like, you may not agree with it but you see why he came to that position and you're like, I'm with you on how you came there. And that makes sense because everything up to that point has been like, you empathize with Joel being like, I need to look after this person or I need to look out for what's best for them and all of that kind of stuff where you're like, you're going along with them up to that point where it then hard cuts and you're like, Oh fuck. If this entire game is the player having a reaction that the character is not, that seems weird. Yeah, it's really the dissonance in that game between like your how uh, maybe it was just me, but how the player feels because maybe people don't care, but how I felt and how the, mm. how Ellie feels were entirely different. Yeah, and that is a weird sort of dissonance to go through because it means that I'm not. I want to see what happens to Ellie because I want to see the story happen, but at the yeah. same time, I don't want to be a participant in that. Sure. Which kind yeah. of it, it it segues neatly into the other problems I have with this game, which is like there is there are certain personally anyway, I don't know how other people feel about this, but personally I feel there are parts of that game where they care more about telling a story in context. For it being a storytelling device as opposed to it being a video game. Yeah. Um where like there are multiple times. So if you get if you get into a combat situation with people, let's say like actual human people, um, you approach it the same way that you do the zombies, where it is like stealth and you take people out one by one and you try and work your way to the exit. Mm-hmm. The game itself seems driven on you getting caught and creating this sort of like high tension situation of oh my god i sure. don't have a lot of bullets look how many people there are it seems driven on that because there are multiple occasions where so you have your like um your sound vision thing where you can like hear people and yep. that's how you like see them through walls and stuff where i have gone into a building and i have done the sound vision and there is one person there i have tailed them i have got them i have stealth killed them and then there is a person that randomly jumps through the window in the same room right and sees me and then goes, oh my God, and starts firing their gun. Right. Where I know they weren't in that building. I scanned the whole building. They were not there and they were, could not have been close because I wouldn't have seen them. So the game seems driven on moving people around really quickly to drive you into this sort of situation, yeah. which in a game that is supposed to be about 
survival and management of resources and stuff like that. All it does is just take resources away from you mm-hmm. for 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 the reason of dramaticism, mm-hmm. which I kind of get, but at the same time, in a video game where I have played it to the best of my ability, the game turning it on me and being like, this person has showed up doesn't feel great because sure. I, I, I did everything right and yet the game is still driving me into the option that I don't want. I mean, is... there's a very generous read of that, which is like narratively that makes sense, right? Where you're like, "Hey, everything's fucked." Oh, like you're, you can be. That's the best exactly player. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Is that they seem they seem driven on driving this story of everything's fucked. These people are to get you. You have to defend yourself. When yeah. the smart choice is to not fight anybody, save your resources for when you actually need them, mm-hmm. and try and like stealth kill your way up to the exit and then just leave. Right. But the game seems driven on you not doing that and instead doing this limited resource combat system right. where aiming's not great in that game. I understand it's a 19-year-old girl, but like it's, who has no, it's who has no professional experience of doing this, right? There's no yeah. professional experience of guns, but that just means that guns are really hard to use in that game. Yeah. And um it does it does the things that are again very realistic, but really fucking get in the way when like if you get shot hard enough, you go down to the floor. Um, so you have to pick yourself up and aim again. But then when you get back up, your aim's fucking all over the place. So you can't aim. So they shoot you again and you fall back down again. So you get caught in this loop sometimes of right. like, effectively getting stun locked because the person just keeps shooting you over and over again. So, so that's um, interesting. It was, it was something I was going to ask actually. So again, to go back to the, the original E3 showing um, with the, that section of gameplay they showed originally with the... I can't even remember. It felt like a car park, and then there's like the, the section around it. Yeah, it was like a bridge and like a town near it yeah. and stuff like that. Which it was obviously them showing off. Like, here's what you could theoretically do. And I remember, mm. I remember us watching that section and me going, "There is no way that is real gameplay because they were doing stuff like." Ellie was like hiding under a car with this scripted sequence mm-hmm. where she would like have her gun out and there was people like would search under the car and she blew somebody's head off. Like all of that stuff felt very. And then the final fight inside the room where it's like there's three people and there's a bit of the sledgehammer and it's like, how much of the game feels like there's AI systems working here and how much of it feels like we have pushed you into so, this thing? So that stuff, so that stuff, like the, the people looking under cars and like doing sweeps and stuff like that is all real. Like okay. that is, you can like hide under beds and stuff like that and people will look under them and do the flashlight thing and like right. that's all real. Okay. Like that all works. It's, like I was saying before, it's when the game decides to drive you for no reason into combat encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it starts kind of falling apart, is what mm-hmm. I mean. Right. Um, but all the, I, other, all the other stuff makes sense. Like that's all fine. How much of it um, feels? How much of it feels like there's? Because definitely, it felt like that the the fight at the end of that sequence in the in the the whatever gas station, whatever it is, the the inside yeah. bit with the, the aisles. Um, yeah. It felt like the only way that makes sense in context of a real video game is if you've gone in there because you're like, I need to hide, and then it's triggered the scripted sequence of these three people coming in. Like, does it feel like there's a lot of content in there that is like, if you end up in this situation, we have an event that will happen? Like, no, would it be so very possible it, to miss that? Or is it like they are guiding you towards the thing that they've written? No, it, it seems like... So there are a couple of, like, situations where, like, you just have to run... Like that's 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 it's very, they make it very obvious that the thing you're supposed to do is run away. Okay, that's cool. fine. Good. Every other every other time that you are 
in like a a combat map or like a combat encounter sort of situation, all that stuff feels really dynamic mm-hmm. because you can like run into buildings and hide and they'll lose you and then they'll start doing sweeps again or they'll mm-hmm. start like sending people into different buildings and stuff. So all that stuff that came from the trailer, I believe is just AI stuff. Yeah. Because that could have been a completely different thing if they were in a different building or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, the, 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 the problem I have with it is this, the, the, there seems to be something that is like, I don't know if they're teleporting models or if they're like doing something, but they seem very driven on you getting caught. And that's, it's kind of a bummer, especially when you're playing the game right. right. Um, or how you, then, think that, how you think that you should how, be playing the game. Yeah. Like, it's, how, it's how video games play, where it's like right. there's this yep. stealth section. Okay. Yep. I've scanned everything. I shouldn't have been caught, but the game has just put this person here and they've just jumped through a window and yeah. been like, oh, you're here for combat. Yeah. Which doesn't feel great. Then it gets to fighting the zombies. Um, right. Okay. Which is a completely different context, which. The, the the only word that I can think of this, because I've thought about this a lot and I've talked to people about this a lot, is that fighting the zombies is a fucking chore. Like, it really? is... Really? Okay. Yeah. So there is, like, multiple zombie variants, like I've said. So there's, like, the runners, which are, like, your basic zombie that will find you and run at you and try and hit you and stuff like that. There are the clickers, which are... They slow move and they can't see, but they can hear really well. So if they hear you moving around, they'll come and find you. And then there are shamblers which are like big brutey things that you basically can't do anything to right um takes a lot of bullets to take them down and then there's like scatters and stuff like that that are running around but the combat for the zombies is basically has to be entirely um stealth right because if you get touched by a clicker at all it's a one-hit kill if you get caught by shamblers it's really hard to not just die because they just keep chasing you and will kill you eventually and they have ranged mm. attacks and stuff like that. The only thing that you can fight loud are the runners because mm. there is like a mechanic of like dodging and counterattacking that makes yeah. sense for them. So most of the time you're trying to be stealthy, but the game presents the combat in multiples of the zombies and of different types to where fighting one type of zombie is counter to fighting another. Right. So to give you to give you an example, there is a fight in a courthouse where there are like three runners and two clickers. Yeah. So like I've said before, to get to the runners, you can stealth kill the runners, but you have to be fairly quick about doing it. You can still be quiet, like crouch walk and everything like that, mm-hmm. but you can move fairly you have to be quick, otherwise they'll turn around and see you and chase after you and trigger everybody. Yeah. You can do that, but then there are clickers in the room, and if you move too quickly, well, the clickers will hear you, and if they touch you, you're dead. Mm-hmm. So it is like what it devolves into. So that they're, they're, it's basically a counter for fighting both of those things. They're doing counter ideas to try and get you to do something. I don't know what. What the game devolves into when you're fighting the zombie is you standing in one place, waiting on animation patterns, like waiting on the zombie walking around the particular corner or walking near you mm-hmm. or going into a corner or something like that for you to then be able to interact with one of the zombies and then you run away and do that again. So it is a lot of waiting around, not doing anything, waiting to see what the zombie does, being very quiet about everything and then trying to clear it as best you can. Sure. But it doesn't present the option that a lot of stealth games do where when you get caught, you can fight your way out of it because... 
there's usually clickers around, so if you get caught, you're dead. It yep. is that you seems, have to go back to the start and do it all again. That seems um, vital for me anyway. That is one of the things like I'm not like I'm bad at stealth games generally. So like the mm. ability to like the bit like maybe even if it's difficult, that's fine, but the ability to be able to be like okay, it's plan B time when you get found and be able to actually yeah. have a chance of getting so, out of it seems you, important. You can, you can do it. You can get your, you can go loud and get out, but you spend a lot of resources. Right. And then when the game does things like I was saying before, like when you go from like a zombie fight into a human fight and then it starts purposely trying to catch you, you don't have a lot of resources to fight out of it and you're fighting six eight ten people with guns right it is really really annoying so fighting the zombies is just a chore of sitting there waiting on an ai pattern waiting on things moving around then stealth killing them moving to different locations starting right. again like and then it gets into things like there's a sequence where you are dropped into a room where you have to find the exit and it is a room with three runners and two shamblers you can do basically nothing to counter the shamblers so you can you just have to move around them and hope that they don't catch you but you're dropped into an area where you have to explore to find the exit gotcha. so you can move you have to move around but you can't move around too much because then the shambler will see you and it takes forever to kill them and there's two of them and there's also three runners so if you get caught the three runners come after you as well it is like a lot of like counter design ideas going on all at once and i get it's supposed to make you scared and make you afraid of the zombies but at the end of the day, when you're playing a video game, that just feels like a chore and an annoyance. Like and, it, it is... and it's a it's a balancing act, right? Because any game that tries to do that, I think the only game that's successfully done that I can think of is probably like Alien Isolation. But the point is like you want to be able to create a sense of fear and danger. But the yeah. moment that you have to then reload the that section when you've died it's gone right because because at that yeah. point you're like well i know where everyone is i know exactly what's here i know exactly where the exit is it's just an execution problem at this point and it no longer becomes yeah. fear and scared it becomes like just annoyance whereas at yeah least with, exactly at, at least exactly with something like alien isolation like since that since the creature is entirely ai you actually don't know where it is at any point like you know where you're trying to go but the positioning is always different yeah. and all this kind you of know stuff. what you it's not it's not going to be the like the dim three thing of like oh i know this thing's going to break through this door at this exactly point. like right it, anywhere whereas in this game it is like i know there are this many zombies here and i know they're here especially here, 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 here. especially when you're in the same section for the third fourth fifth time yeah 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 it is so yeah that gets really so, annoying and so then to, 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 to cap it all off sorry this is yeah, yeah this is the thing that really got me is that the game then starts breaking its own rules for the purpose of dramaticism and telling a story Okay. Where, so you, as I said, if clickers touch you, you're dead. Yep. There's a sequence where you're running away from a horde, like right. a lot of zombies, including clickers. And it's like done over the shoulder, and like you're running around and like jumping over stuff. And yep. like there are points at which clickers get to where, in like an inch of your face, mm-hmm. to where if that was in game, you'd be dead. Like right. they catch you and dead. But in the purpose of this very specific scripting sequence where it, they've decided that that's okay, it doesn't. So you just run past it and it's fine. And then like it does it again and then it does it again and then you escape, but oh God, there's a clicker and it grabs onto you 
but then there's a breakout thing of like if you mash square enough you get out of it right which doesn't exist in the game it just exists in that moment that one and sequence that, yep that one sequence where they let you the clicker is a, a an easier to deal with enemy and that really got to me especially after like a sequence of like moving around waiting on an animation pattern so clickers don't catch you except for when you're running away from them apparently then they can just do whatever the fuck they want then it's just like oh you can run past them and they don't grab you they can grab you you can get out of it like mm. it's I, there are so many counter ideas when fighting the zombies especially when they try and present and i get it like that sequence is there for dramatic purpose it's there for them getting out and running away and being like oh god there are so many zombies we need to leave and all that stuff mm-hmm. but when when the game presents you with a set of rules and it decides to break it for the purpose of a 20 second cutscene, yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't help when you're then like the next time you have to fight them and they catch you you're like well why couldn't i break out of it then yeah like why am i why i can't get anywhere close to this thing now oh it caught me why can't i mash square and break out of it this time like it doesn't it counters its own ideas and it makes it infuriating. It's yeah, yeah. That, it was just that sequence really got me. Um, so, to, so to wrap round on like the combat stuff, one of the things that yeah. a lot of people have talked about is the I, I, I don't know how much of it of the stuff you've actually interacted with, but it seems like there's a lot of tweaking that you can do to specific parts of the difficulty in that game where like you can make um, like parts of the combat easier, or there's like the accessibility stuff that you can. Yeah, turn on like the high contrast I've, stuff i've not looked at it what but yeah, what I've difficulty played. level are you playing this on just out of curiosity normal normal just normal okay fair enough yeah um, um so, so i think the last thing the last thing we probably need to talk about then before we move on is i remember i remember we talked briefly about this during the week but the thing that's kind of hanging over a lot of this game is the 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 like kind of inside baseball naughty dog stuff of yeah crunch and the like the fact that the the studio like there's been sexual harassment claims against the studio that get very much swept under the rug and like Naughty Dog as a company is kind of hanging over a lot of this and I remember I think you said to me at some point like every time you see something you go wow this is incredibly well put together how many times did somebody not see their family to get that in there especially when it's like there's a lot of like little things in that game Mm -hmm. that are really impressive like super impressive and obviously a lot of work's gone into it but then in the context of like crunch and stuff like that you're like how many times did someone like not get to see their family that night doing that like there's a whole bit there's a whole thing of like ellie there's a whole like guitar playing thing and that that. where ellie Ellie has a guitar that has like multiple chords and the the touchpad can be used to strum the strings, but you can also do like individual plucking and stuff like that. And I was like, that's really cool. Did that really need to be there? Like, yep. is that a thing that really had to be there, especially when people are like not getting to see their families and go home and stuff yep. like that? Like it's it's a really dark cloud over this thing where it is like it's a really impressive game with a lot of detail and minor nuances and really, really impressive stuff. But in the context of a lot of people had to do a lot of work when they really didn't have to, to do yeah. this sort of thing, it is I, a really mars that experience. And it's, it's difficult to know, like, 
exa- like if you removed X, Y, and Z, would it still be the same no, game and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's obviously difficult to. I know. And like we're again, we're not saying that like the people in Naughty Dog are not talented to be able to do this kind of stuff. Of course like, not. Oh, they're incredibly talented. Yeah. But it is definitely one of those things which is like it's 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 the equivalent of like the. I think I quite equated it to the, the horse testicle moment in Red Dead 2, right? Another studio that has yeah. a long history of crunch and kind of workplace abuse and that kind of stuff. Harassment like, and, yeah. and harassment and, and pressure and all that kind of stuff where you're like, it is wild that this thing is here, that somebody thought of this and implemented it and made it work. Does it need to be here? Is this serving the purpose yeah. of what they're doing? And especially when you look at stuff like like the thing that always surprised me, even in the the original Last of Us, was like the density of the world where you would go into mm-hmm. like abandoned houses, and there's like the amount of stuff in there was at a yeah. level that other, a lot of other games weren't doing. So like, and and again, like it was impressive that it was there at the time. I remember going, "Wow, there's a lot of art here. This is cool." Does it? Is it? Is the trade off worth it? Like, if that wasn't like that, am I? Do I think it's cool because it's there, but it's not actually serving so the, a purpose? Like, am I doing it? It, it does. It does do like that. It does do a really good job of building a world. Like the world is believable and real, and like definitely feels like a the world has gone to shit. Yep. Humanity has abandoned this, but it is like, like you said, like when you're going through like the hotel and like office buildings and stuff like that there's so much stuff like everywhere and it is i get it's for context but like it's too much for like stuff that is very minor like yep totally and there are ways there are ways of there are ways of doing like i always think the praise a really good example of of a game that does this well where like the context of that game is that this is a like corporate or not corporate funded but like well it is kind of corporate funded but like it is corporate yeah yeah but it is like that whole station has been designed by a single group like there's a bunch of like branded things like everything is like yeah contextually there which means that you can take the same coffee cup and put it everywhere in the station and it feels fine because of course everyone has the same cup because everyone gets the same cups right like and there's a ways of doing that where you're like i only have to design x amount of stuff which can then populate the world it looks right and like i don't have to i don't have to like design seven different types of trash can right that makes sense in order to be able to do the thing they're trying to do you do need a lot of variety in this stuff and then like you can Mm -hmm. then you get to that point you can then start getting to like our outsourcing and all this kind of stuff and sure but like when it when you have a studio with that history of which they haven't really addressed that is the other part of this i think it would be different yeah. if it was like at least even at this point rockstar have gone through the motions and gone like we are reforming the way we do our studio blah 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 blah, blah. like they've come out and said like this stuff is this stuff is here we are doing this blah blah, blah. like the, the the crunch stuff and the the sexual harassment allegations there they've basically just not done it like they've basically just not talked about it and not responded about it and all of this kind of stuff. So when you see this kind of game, you're just like, is this is what like Naughty Dog is at this point? Like what happens when Uncharted 5 or whatever comes out and you're like, is this is what they do? Like, is this the way they get, they're going to work? Is this going to be the studio going forward? So, you know, that's the kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 
and yeah, like you get. I had a there was a point I was going to get to here, and I've completely forgotten where it was. Where it was, but it's like. So yeah, so we were talking earlier about the rope system and how technically Maybe. impressive that is, and how, and it does seem at least counter to the stuff we said that is. That that is a bit of technology that is impressive and has direct gameplay effects, right? Because they've implemented that technology a particular way, it means they can create specific types of environmental puzzles, right? Because you can do cool things with ropes that you couldn't do before. Yeah. But and then the I think some of the 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 developers actually responded to the Twitter thread where somebody was was showing this stuff off, where they were like yeah, we took the Uncharted stuff and we evolved it and did a bunch of work on it. And it was like, that was basically in the engine, I think they said in like three to four months. And you're like, okay. And at this point, I have to say like, I have not worked in games, but I do, I do, I am a software developer, right? So I know what implementing a feature involves. And yeah. yeah. And I'm, my guess, and this is a complete guess, it was probably three to four months to get the feature in there but we are ignoring the amount of time it took for bug fixing, for QA, for art passes, for all of the stuff that comes as a result of you implementing that feature. Like, it seems like it sounds like a cliche of like when people talk about software development or like general like project work, but like that last ten percent is ninety percent of your time is a hundred percent true. Like it is exactly yeah. how that is. Like getting the mm-hmm. thing ninety percent of the way there, you can do in a reasonable amount of time. It's the other stuff that takes so long. So like, is there a way when you look at a feature like that, you're like, this is cool and has gameplay th- gameplay effects and is better for it. But is there a did it have to be this much? You could have mm. done this with a traditional IK like bone structured rope thing, probably. And it would have it would have the same effect, but they have such the Naughty Dog has such a history and reputation now for these exceptionally polished, visually interesting things that are like you. I can see an argument where they're like, "This has to be better because it doesn't fit our game, or the the type of games we make," which has then a knock on effect of like, "Well, you just need to make this thing fucking work," and hey, maybe you stay in the office for an extra seven hours a week. Like, it's... And again, we don't know if that's true. We have no idea if that's true. But yeah, the fact that this story is a thing mars all of that. Where if they had come mm-hmm. out and gone, like, we have these policies which says, like, you work nine to five, we don't make people come in at weekends, and this game still looks like this and does all of this, this game is much more of a immediate accomplishment, Right? Yes, it took forever to make, but like, if you can have those policies and also produce something that looks like this, I am instantly more impressed than the state of the thing right now with all of those all of those unanswered questions. Yeah, because if you throw time at something, you can make it look good, right? But if you can do it in a way that respects people's humanities in a way and still have yeah. it look like this, that's impressive, right? That's the thing yeah. that actually makes it impressive. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, the only reason I'm, I'm hammering that is because the continual argument about people who don't, one, don't care, two, don't understand how difficult games are to make, three, don't understand how software, like all of this kind of stuff, people going like that stuff doesn't matter and it's getting in the way of the game and like we should actually just talk about the art and not the way the art is made. And you're like, 
motherfucker, there's a direct link between those two things, right? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's wild. Um, it's a bizarre, it's, it's such a bizarre thing. There's yeah. so many aspects to it. Yeah. But like, so yeah, final, like, closing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. closing this discussion of The Last of Us Part 2 is, it's, it's an amazing, there's some amazing stuff in that game like the voice acting and the writing and yep. the environments and stuff are amazingly well realized, but it is marred in a lot of like controversy and strange choices in, or personally anyway, strange choices in game design and just level of not violence, but like un uncontextual violence like yep. it's not it's sure. there for just being violent yeah where there are a lot huh, i i would i would hate to be a person that i would like who had to give this thing a score like oh sure yeah totally yep. it is such a difficult thing like like even even writing a review of this would be difficult but i'm glad that we don't do scores or whatever yeah, but that's no. like we don't really do reviews anymore either this is this is how we talk about games yeah. yeah, if we just talk to each other, but like, it's such a strange thing that like I want to I want to see what happens with the story because like there's there's somebody that I talk to who's seen it all the way through, mm-hmm. and every time I talk about it, it's just like yeah, you just like it just keeps going. Like there's just there is always something else that is going to happen that will be sure. shocking or something else that like I'll see how far I can get with it. I don't know how I'll feel about finishing it or whatever, but. I'll, I'll keep going but like i said like i can only play it in like small amounts because yeah. it just it really gets to you and it is like there's a lot of the time a lot totally. of the time that my, my sessions end of me getting to a place and then them doing the setup for it being like uh it's time to go to stealth and start taking guys out in stealth and i'll be like i'm exhausted like right. i can't yeah, do exactly. this and then saving it and start shutting it down yeah but and i mean i will yeah I will for sure get to this before the end of the year because I feel like we're going to need to talk about it. But I just like mm. right now, I'm good. Like, let's give it some, yeah. time, give it some breathing room, and I'll probably just play your copy or something like that. But yeah, yeah, play knowing the context that I've just given you for the totally. past like 45 minutes. Like totally. that is the stuff that you will have to deal with. Yeah. Um. Cool. Okay, that was a long discussion. Um. But yeah. consequently, there's not a lot of stuff really to talk about in terms of news. Um. Yeah. I I don't feel like we can contribute much to the conversation about a lot of the allegations that have come out in the industry over the past couple yeah. of weeks. There's not a lot we yeah. can really say that hasn't already been said, except that that shit is horrendous and yeah. admire I'll say that, like, anyone that's come out and talked oh, about course. this. Yeah. They're all very brave people. For sure, like this, I I cannot imagine, and especially when you read some of the stories and you're like, yeah, this. Yeah. If you had come out about this, this would have tanked your career, for sure. Oh yeah, it's, and it did with some the, people. The con the context that I have for it, which is a very like, it's a very personal thing, but it's yeah. a thing that um that I, I I'm still sort of struggling with it. It's really weird. Yeah. Um. Where so one of the allegations that came out was for uh, Chris Avalon, who yes. is writer of many many fine RPGs that 
I think some of like, I, some of your like formative games, right? Like yeah, like like Planescape Torment and like Neverwinter Nights, and he wrote Kotor two and like a whole bunch of stuff that like right. he wrote that are very very important to me. Um, yep. From like a growing up perspective, and like specifically, I was talking to someone about this the other day of like specifically things like Planescape Torment, where there are characters in that game who. I have they have their they have their own like personal philosophy mm-hmm. um that I realize I realize now but I've known for a while is like something that I have taken from them yep. that is like a like the, the examples that I give people are the two characters in Planescape Torment are um Bravel the Night Hag and Dacon who Ravel the Night Hag has a she has she has a an extreme view of this like an anarchist view of this where mm-hmm. it is like all things should be free like mm-hmm. there should be no cages like people should just be free to do what they want mm-hmm. and I obviously I don't share her extreme view of yeah, that yeah, yeah. she obviously takes it to an extreme where she's going to destroy the world but like yeah, yeah. it's the idea of like people should be free to do what they want and like that is that is something that I'm very big on personal freedom of sure. like people should be allowed to just do what they want so long as they're not hurting anybody and like yeah, yeah. stuff like context of law and stuff like that yeah, yeah people should be let do whatever they want and like Dakon and stuff like that has like a the, his whole story is about like true power comes from like knowing yourself like power comes from knowledge and knowledge can only come from knowing yourself mm-hmm. and like that is like a very a very strong personal thing of like self-identity is very important to me as well of like sure. it goes hand in hand with like personal freedom is like you can only you can only really have the ability to say that people could do whatever they want if people know who they are on the yeah. inside like they know themselves and that that is like very formative for me and then to, so to have it come out that the person obviously there was a team of writers but yeah, the person the- is like permanently linked to the writing of these characters and the writing of this story is like it, it weirdly recontextualizes my own personal philosophy of like it is that you then get into discussions of like can you separate art from the artist yeah that's been is, a whole thing for a lot of people and it, it's like is a is a is a real like not personal crisis but like personal dilemma that i'm still sort of struggling with where it is like these 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 things have like informed decisions and like life for me mm-hmm. based on the writing that this person had done but the writing the person that has done the writing has turned out to be kind of a scumbag yeah so is it does that have influenced the philosophy of that character that has now influenced me like does that have totally. that effect yeah like um, every everyone that, has their a lot of people i know have their and you usually refer to it as their their orson scott card moment where you're like mm. Ender's Game being such a such a formative bit of fiction for a lot of people, I like it. It being like, I mean, it being good, like a, a book I very much enjoy. And then the point where you start looking at, oh, I wonder who he is. And you're like, oh, you're a massive yeah. piece of shit. And you're like, yeah, okay, you're yeah. And you're like, okay, how does that contextualize the thing I enjoy from the people who were responsible for putting yeah. it together? And yeah, it's a thing that like. Yeah, I've I've done a bunch of times as well. Where you're like, okay, I need to separate what I actually like about this thing from from the people that made from it. People that made it. Yeah. Like, hey, Harry Potter fans are really fucking going through it over the past couple of years. Oh, like, yeah. That's the that's yeah, the thing, sure. right? 
and it's very much yeah there's and there's no there's no like right answer to any of that as for my opinion anyway but the thing about especially with like with literature and with music and with art like art more generally like there's usually more of a direct line between this person and this creation right like there's only one author on the cover of ender's game right but when you talk about things like when you talk about video games especially modern video games you're like there's anywhere between 20 to 30 to 200 people that work on this thing so you're like okay exactly what part of this is the problem and exactly what like exactly what how do i resolve my own personal feelings about this and it's yeah yeah, it's 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 difficult and it's never an easy thing to do um but like that should never stop people from saying yes that person's a piece of shit and dealing with it from there and yeah um but yeah like yeah like it's in a weird way it's it's positive to see the place to see the industry starting to really clean house hopefully yeah hopefully it's 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 really it's really good watching people rally and starting to get yeah like pull up the roots and stuff like that yeah and really be like but at the same time because of that it's shocking to see the extent of it where you're like yeah like how how deep the rabbit hole goes how how deep rabbit holes how high in the industry these people have gotten how widespread it is from across all different um job titles all different like types of studio all different like all of this kind of stuff in varying degrees of like horribleness but like it's just it's it's the point where you're like it becomes very difficult to do the few bad apples style defense where you're like there's something about the way this industry is put together I mean, it's not just this industry, like, because this happened in comedy, this happened in a bunch of other places. I was going like, to say, yeah, it could be, you start getting into, like, societal Totally. Level. But there's something about the way this is structured that allows this to become as prevalent as it appears to have been. Yeah. In a, in a, in a, and in a way where it never gets directly resolved until a bunch of people put their life and career on the line to go, this happened. And that's the point where all this starts to come out. You're like, yeah, there's something intrinsic to the way this is all put together. I know, like, for me, well, listening to, it would have been the week befores when you're listening to this, but the, the Bombcast uh, of, of the previous week where they talked about it on there, and you see, obviously, like, Jeff Gersman, who's been in this industry for a long, long, long time, him talking about his personal journey through what this industry was like, where it was like, there's a point where if you were not going to the parties in E3, you were, you were considered not part of the industry, right? And, like, yeah. how much alcohol becomes part of the industry and how much, like, that is just an integral part of that thing, of the, of how that, that industry worked at that point. And if you don't participate in that, you're theoretically missing out or you're looked down upon. No, the, and that's the, that's the type of thing I'm talking about where you're like, if an industry is built around that, it allows people who are in these... who it allows people to or allows people who are massive pieces of shit to accomplish what they're trying to do in a much easier way and it's that's the type of thing i'm talking about but like structural 
Like that's the shit that needs to change. Like as a as a even as a, somebody else who's in tech, like as a software person, there's a definite push among my peers, even like locally in like the company I work for. There's a push for like we need to stop having outings that are entirely alcohol based. Like it just needs to like because it, it okay. does yeah yeah because it does definitely have a thing where you're like actually why are we doing this like this is just the default we've fallen into. And it's like, actually, do we need to do this? Probably we don't. How many people has it hurt? Well, not hurt, but like, what is it? What has it resulted in? Like, is there another way of doing this? Because it then brings more people in. I remember actually, this is weirdly tangential, but I, we had, uh, so we have, we had an internship program, still have an internship program. And I remember we took our, the team I worked for, we took our intern out. Um, for their like hey welcome to the company thing amongst the team I remember yeah. saying to them like we went we went to we went to a bar and then we we're going somewhere after it and I went and I was like hey I'll, I'll get you a drink like do you drink like asking the question like beforehand yeah. because if they don't drink then you get them something else and there was a weird like stop moment for them because I don't think I think they thought they were expecting that this was what this night was going to become and then for me to then go like, well, the first question to be, well, actually, do you do drink? You want, yeah. Do you want to participate in this? Because that's cool if you don't, was a weird moment for them. And you're like, okay, yeah. like, that's a problem. <laughs> like, if that's the expectation yeah. going in, that's the problem. So, yeah. So, but again, like, yeah, like, I'm not in any way blaming that for this is the reason why all this stuff happened. Like, people are massive pieces of shit and those people deserve to answer for the stuff that yeah. they've done. That is no. the problem. But there's some societal and industry stuff that, oh yeah, that, that contributes to that. Like, like like with a lot of big problems like this, there totally. are usually yeah. multiple. Factors. Yeah, there are multiple layers to it for sure. Um. So yeah. So some of the other stuff that's that's gone on. Um. We uh, mixer shut down. Sky's gone. Yeah, it's gone completely. So mixer it's gone. Feel- which it's weird to say, like for people who don't know what Mixer is, but there's a chance that people don't know what Mixer is. Which Mixer is says the, a lot Mixer's about. The, Mixer's the Ninja platform. It's where you go to see Ninja. Yeah, sorry, um, Mixer provided by Ninja. Um, yeah, it's Microsoft's Ninja Twitch competitor. Sponsored by Ninja. Yeah, it's Microsoft. It's Microsoft's Twitch competitor, basically. Which yeah. originally, what was the what was it called before it was Mixer? Uh, uh, fuck, what was the name of that product before the before Microsoft bought it? Beam, Beam something. I can't remember. Okay. But the, anyway, the whole point of that thing was like tech. That was an interesting technological thing because Beam's whole thing was we don't have the 20 seconds delay that Twitch does yeah, the at the time. Yeah. It's like we're talking like sub millisecond or not sub, but millisecond level delays, which for a lot of people was very interesting because suddenly you have like better communication with the with, your, with your viewers yeah, and that kind of thing. better communication with your audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it got bought Microsoft and all this kind of stuff. So it seems like my, it Mixer shut down basically without telling what seems like anyone. So yeah. like, there, there was multiple a waves. Lot, a lot of um, content creators and stuff like that were basically not told. And then that statement came out and suddenly were like, oh shit, my livelihood. And had yeah. to like... Because there, there yeah. were multiple layers to this as well. Because it was like, there was the announcement. And you're like, oh, that seems sudden. And then a bunch of Twitch... Uh, sorry, a bunch of Mixer partners being like, wait, what the fuck? Like, we were not informed. We have no path out of this. They've basically just whipped the rug out from under us and have gone, right, see it, and walked away. And then employees being like, what the fuck? We weren't told either. 
like they found out there was a couple of employees that that were talking to to various outlets that were like we found out an hour before the public did like that's the kind of level of speed this thing all resolved to and then the other layer on top of that is mixer's whole thing was they they spent a whole shit ton of money to bring people onto the platform for exclusivity deals like ninja like shroud i think was the other one that they brought on um uh yeah i think so i think it was them and there's a couple others as well that they brought on um from various different games but their contracts were all paid out so like i think ninja's contract was like a 10 million dollar exclusivity thing so he got that all get paid out even though this, the thing's going away so you're like okay there's like two levels to this there's the people that they that there's like the premium tier of people who are they're going to be fine and then there's everyone else who was just building a platform or building an audience on top of this platform that suddenly you're like bye see ya um who are now having to go and rebuild that elsewhere um which cannot be easy basically but the the thing for me was um Somebody on Twitter put together a bunch of screenshots of people on Mixer streams, like partners on Mixer streams, like just openly weeping. They're just like, yeah, my entire career has just ended overnight by a decision that was not made by me. And you're just like, that's yeah, platforms fucking suck. Like, yep, it's why people talk about. It's why stuff like. It's why you see creators on YouTube like like Jim Sterling, like a bunch of like um like leftist youtubers and all this kind of stuff like so it's why they're it's why they've separated their way they survive it's the way they pay their bills from the platform they distribute on where you're like yeah it's why they don't because people who make money purely from youtube are at the whims of youtube whereas if i can get paid via pa- patreon or something like that which is not um separated from the platform where they actually put their content out on if youtube goes away they'll be fine or if YouTube changed their policies in such a way where suddenly they can't publish on YouTube, they can go like, fine, I'm over here now, and I'm still making yeah. my living, fine. You can make multiple different exactly. streams. To, but yeah. if you've got a platform like Twitch or a platform like Mixer where you are embedded in the platform as your way of, like, if you get your, your like, Twitch subscriptions, for instance, your, the way you're... Yeah, so your... it's, 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 it's hard. It would be hard because like you build up an audience and like yeah. you do a community and stuff like that. And it's really hard to like bring them from one platform. Like, cause it's, it, cause it's really easy to say, Oh, you don't have X anymore. Just go start Twitch. Totally. Like Twitch is a really different environment to mixer because totally. Twitch is so much bigger. Like the pool. Yeah, sure. like the only people that can do stuff like that are people like your ninjas and stuff like that. who but have you- huge audiences to be able to just go like I'm over here now, but even and then, then like it seemed like a no-brainer at that point for Mixer to to pay a, a substantial amount of money to bring an audience over to Mixer to be like, well, if we get them in the platform, mm-hmm. they'll start exploring. And like, if you can't do that for the biggest person in the world ever, and still have your platform, like, not have the the conversion of people coming on Mixer going, oh, maybe I should see what Mixer's all about, like. He never got the numbers he got on Twitch on Mixer. Like, it just didn't happen. No. Like, people didn't. No. There's a chunk of people who were like, okay, I'll find someone else. Like, there was a... You, you, you can't carry your communities over. Like, the communities are built around these platforms. For better or worse, it's very difficult to transfer that community over to something else. So, yes, yeah, a bunch of these people are now going to 
are now kind of struggling to get something else. Like, hopefully people will move. And again, it's not just the case of the one possible advantage they have is like, it's not just like these people are moving and Mixer continues to live on forever. Like, Mixer's going away. So people who did have communities on there, they're going to, not the, the creator and the audience are going to have to find somewhere else. So yep. at least that's probably a better situation than if like this person just had to move, for instance. But it still fucking sucks. And like, all of this can change overnight. And it fucking sucks. It really, really does. Yeah, um, it sucks and, for and then the other part of the story that I saw people start to eventually put two and two together about like, okay, it was probably going to be a no-brainer that the next Xbox was going to have Mixer integration because it's Microsoft platform, yeah. right? And they're going to, whatever technology, streaming technology they're going to put into the, the Xbox, the, the Series X, it's going to be Mixer-based and they'll probably support Twitch because of course they have to, but like, it's going to be there. Mixer has, and it's kind of weird, I couldn't figure out exactly what happened, but basically like, Mixer stuff is now redirecting to Facebook Gaming, which one was a yeah, thing so I didn't they, know existed. And they were they, they said in their statement that the all mixers would now start redirecting to Facebook Gaming. Um yeah. so yeah, that's so and, and Facebook Gaming have also been making moves to get people on platform and stuff like that. Like the biggest one that I can think of is the uh Oh god, Hearthstone, another game streamer, um, this guy's toast, who was huge on Twitch right. and then got pulled over to Facebook gaming. Yeah. So obviously they are trying to like launch a platform as well. Yeah. So I don't know what the And it's weird, like I, I, remember, I remember a lot of the the conversation around the ninja stuff was like like ninja's such a unique thing in this whole world, right? But yeah. there was definitely a conversation of like well like even if Mixer fails, and this was back when he first moved, and he like, even if Mixer doesn't do anything like he can go there, he can make his money, and then come back. Because I remember yeah. there was the there was the thing about because um, this is a this is a pattern that I think I remember people talking about that people would see on Twitch quite a lot. Where once companies started, once the influencer boom started happening, and once game companies started disco- like started really harnessing it for marketing, and they'd pay a bunch of streamers to play a game early or play a game at launch to put the game yeah. up on Twitch, Twitch rankings and then yeah. move on from there. Still happens, yeah. T- totally still happens. But at that point, you're like, okay, like, sure. Take the, take, like, take the money, do the do the thing, say it's an ad, take the money, do your thing. And then once you're done, once the, the contract is done after a week, a month, whatever, go back to doing whatever it is you're doing that people are actually there for. Like, fine, go make your money, do your thing. But, yeah. and there's definitely that conversation happened with, ninja as well where you're like he's going to go to mixer he's going to go out his contract and then he's going to go back like that's how this is going to work right but the problem with mm-hmm. that is that like if you if that contract is for multiple years like two three years i can't actually remember how long the contract was for but if you disappear for two three years off a platform people don't move to mixer you come back in two three years like is that audience going to be there that audience moves pretty fucking quick so if you yeah. come if you come back and then go hey ninja's back and you're like who <laughs> like is that going to be how this goes where if people start to come it, it, like you can't just go make your money on a different platform and then come back to the platform because platforms yeah. are good at holding on to people it's going to be an interesting thing to see where these people go but yeah heart goes out to the people who have just like overnight had entire plans just fucking decimated it's yeah had their sucks. entire like holy shit really bad can't imagine what that's like. Capitalism's um, great. I love yeah, it. right. Um, and then speaking of Twitch, we have the whole Doctor Disrespect conspiracy theory. I guess the internet mystery of the day. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting, right? Because there's not actually a lot to 
talk about here because we don't no. know anything. It was literally just oh god, was it the twenty sixth? Twenty sixth. Doctor Disrespect. Doctor Disrespect. One of the biggest streamers on the platform. Um, Twitch well known, we should say yes. Twitch definitely well known, massive asshole. Uh, got banned permanently from Twitch, uh, mm-hmm. and Twitch released a statement saying that like just general sort of in keeping with our guidelines. Blah 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 blah. I'm trying to see if I can. I'm trying to see if we can see the actual statement. Nothing specific. Um, and do not know to this day the reason that he was banned. Like, there's no no statement, no thing from. Apparently, even Doctor Disrespect hasn't been told himself. Like, he's just got banned permanently. Um, The yeah. The only thing we have is like the last. 15 seconds or something like that of the final stream that he's ever done on Twitch yep. was really fucking weird yep. and uh, really suspect of him watching a Roblox YouTube video and saying like, man, life's rough. We're going to get through this. Don't worry. And then really panically going, ah, oh, fuck. And then turning the stream off like that. Yeah, that was a bit of the story. I only saw it yesterday. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. So no one knows anything about what's happened it's yeah. really weird it's bizarre yeah and like the statement from i actually can't find the statement which is bizarre but like um yeah like the the statement being a very general like some kind of terms of service oh there we go sorry as is our process we take appropriate action when we have evidence that a streamer has acted in violation of our community guidelines or terms of service these apply to all streamers regardless of status or prominence in the community which is interesting for a couple of reasons, right? One, like, that says very specifically it's something about their their CG or terms of service, right? Which is, okay, yeah. sure, that narrows it down a little bit. Also, that's a lie because um, the he's gotten away with a lot of stuff that other streamers have not, right? Because yeah, there's this, is, this, is, this is the discussion that normally comes out on Twitch when people get banned and like stuff like that is like oh, X did this and got banned, but then Y did this other thing, why aren't they banned? And, yeah. like, it leads to weird discussions of, like, Twitch favoritism and, like, breaking the rules and, like, because they're so popular, they get away with more and stuff like that. But there's, like, a lot of the time it's due to, like, Twitch understand when things are an accident and when things aren't. Right. Um, but this one is just weird because there's been no official statement about anything. Yeah. So... I mean, also, don't so know the, why it's been banned. But. I mean, the other important part of this is like, Twitch. So again, this is from the the Verge article about this. Twitch signed Doctor Disrespect to an exclusive two year contract back in March for an undisclosed but quote life changing amount of money. So yeah. there's massive like conflict of interest things in here, right? Where like you as a mm-hmm. platform have paid somebody massive amounts of money to promote your to be part of your platform. Like, and then you're, you then have to turn around and say like, oh, but we have a terms of service that we apply equally to all streamers. Like, I don't yeah. care how good, a how moral a person you are or a platform you are, there is going to be a push that I spent X amount of money on a thing and then gone, ah, oh, actually they fucked up and banning them. Like, yeah. unless there's something in the contract that is like, if you break these things, you're out of contract. That's one thing. But based on yeah. the stuff he's gotten away with and have cons- has come back from, that ain't part of the contract. Like, well, like, I mean, he did get banned for a bit, 
Um, it's not like he got away with everything. He did get banned for a but bit. Came, but, but came yeah, back. There's a lot of other... Yeah, he came back. There's a yeah. lot of other stuff that he's done that he's had no repercussions for. Totally. And, like, yeah, and, came back from... and again, that's the... like. It's the same when you start to look at YouTube, right? Where the current... Like, we, like I ended up in a rabbit hole of, of like YouTube personality stuff recently after the whole Jenna Marbles thing from last week. Mm-hmm. But like... Mm-hmm. um. There is definitely a pattern of prominent YouTuber, Twitcher, whatever, doing a thing that's bad, serving some small amount of penance for that, be it via, I'm going to walk away from my platform for X amount of weeks, months, mm-hmm. and then coming back and doing fine, like uh, fucking, what's his face? Jake Paul being the 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 oh, yeah. one version like, of this right where if you can if you can the, both of the Paul brothers like Nick Robinson like a bunch of right. people who have like gone away came back with platforms and, exactly yeah. and again like based on the stuff we were talking about earlier like a bunch of people who have been accused of some pretty heinous shit falling upwards or whatever the term is I can't remember like yeah. coming out of this better than they went than they started which is fucking wild for a number of reasons but if that's the pattern that you can do and continue to be rewarded for. Where like if you're if you're if you're Jake Paul on YouTube, right, you make a metric fuck ton of money for YouTube, it is yeah. against YouTube's interest to kick you off the platform, despite yeah. you showing a dead body in a forest, right? Like that's the that's the pattern yes. that they've established. So yeah, so like if if that's the way that, that they're gonna do this, it doesn't really hold people accountable because this is just part of the process at this point, right? Because if you know because you can all but the and I think there's definitely evidence of this happening on YouTube before where there's like a fake controversy thing that will people will leave and then come back to more of an audience because they're suddenly back, right? Like, yeah. if it then just becomes part of your marketing that you've been copyright striked or like removed from terms of service on the platform for X amount of months and then come back. If it becomes part of your marketing at that point, the whole system's fucked, right? Because you're not actually punishing people for doing heinous shit. Um... But this one definitely seems like, well, the two parts of this, one that like it's a permanent ban, which is not a thing that's happened to him in the past. No, it's, not it's, like it's a, been like limited like week ban or whatever. Or suspensions or something like that. Like, this yeah. is like, a, this ain't coming back from this. And complete radio silence about what the fuck happened. And yeah. that last part of that last stream, you're just like, and it's, and it's a weird internal thing of like, I do not give a fuck about this man because he seems like a not nice person in any way, shape or form. Yeah, but I think it's important for us all as an industry and people who participate in these platforms to know what the fuck happened in case it affects other people, right? And yeah. I think I was telling you yesterday when we were talking about this, it seems wild considering the state of everything that's happening, based especially what we just talked about at the start of this new segment. When somebody gets suspended for a terms of service violation, that either him or Twitch comes out and goes, this has nothing to do with the wave of harassment allegations that's coming out. Yeah. Like, if I was, if I was, well, there, was, there was like, there was like the one, there was like one bit of information from an insider that said it's not about DMCA. It's not about DMCA. Which is like, was the thing. It's not, so it's not like um, copyright violation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something else. And yeah, you're right. In a situation like this, especially given the world state in the industry right now, 
you would probably immediately come out and say something like, "This has nothing to do with sexual allegations." Yeah, it's not. It's not this. It's right not now, it's not it looks really fucking bad that, that totally. something has happened and they're not talking about it. Exactly. Um, like it only, and and again, like the fact that neither respect, disrespect, or Twitch have come out and said. Is something to do is not either is to do with this or it's not to do with X, Y, or Z. Seems yeah. insane to me, but yeah, definitely. there's again only stokes fires of what the fuck happened. Like it's such. Well, a, yeah, they're on fire right now trying to figure out what the fuck's happened, and nobody has anything. So yeah. it's just people being like ah and pulling their hair out, and yeah. that's it. Like, and again, there are probably yeah, because again, even not for like the like peanut gallery aspect of this of like controversy like there's probably a thing in here that people need to know but like what is the thing that pushed this person specifically over the line where you get permanently banned like that is a good thing to know if you participate in this platform as a creator or as a watcher like you need to know this stuff so that you can then yeah it's bizarre and we'll only know more as we go on so yeah i'm fascinated to see if it ever comes out like totally because um, like the only the only thing that we've heard is like him coming out and saying even I don't know what it is and that's it like right. we've not had any other information yeah it's but then yeah, you tie that to that last part of that stream and you're like wait what the fuck unless that was the yeah that's what, like um, people, like unless people that were was... like reading into it of like because he was like frantically like looking around and stuff like that it was like the FBI surrounding his house and stuff like that like yeah it's crazy speculation that people unless, have right now unless it, he got that notification on stream unless he got the part so that, was the thing, that was the thing that a lot of people think triggered it because before he started doing that old stuff he like pulled his phone out and like looked at his phone mm-hmm. so like uh, maybe there was some notification or something like that but like i don't know it's, yeah. it's all fucking speculation at this yeah. point like, yeah all of this is speculation until we know anything. yeah um and then very quickly the last couple of things because this has gone on for a while uh yeah. there's a disco we'll talk about some heavy shit this oh yeah totally totally and i think it's i think it's yeah. been a good discussion anyway um there's yeah. a disco elysium tv series in the works fuck yeah um that'll be interesting so hey do you want to immediately come down from that uh it is in the works from the movie producer behind the sonic the hedgehog movie oh <laughs> uh, yeah there you go uh, um i mean okay uh, I'm I mean, I want to I wanna see what that is. That would be interesting. Like, if if it just ends up being like a cop show, that's kind of dull. Yep. But so it'd it's, be really interesting. So this is from the Variety article. Uh, indie game developer. Have you, how do you pronounce their name? Have you heard them pronounce their Zom. name? Is it Zom? Is it not Zom? I okay. think so. Zom has partnered with the production company DJ Two Entertainment to develop a series based on the game. Uh, DJ Two Entertainment. Oh, also tied to the rumored vampire TV show from the Don't Nod game. Oh um, but that is that is it. That is that is all we know. Basically, they've signed a contract with, or they've they've signed with APA for representation. And DG Two is um, involved. Um, DG Two CEO and founder Dimitri M Johnson says the DJ DJ Two team is truly thrilled about this extraordinary opportunity to be part of it all. Okay. Sure. No, write, no writer is currently attached, nor is a network or streaming service. They are, okay. now, they are now meeting writers. Okay, sure. Let's see Fair what enough. that is. Um, and then the last thing, again, because there's not a lot really we can say because it's all out there, but like the Cyberpunk 2077 Nightwire, Night City Wire, is that what mm. it's called? That, Night City Wire. Yeah. Which is the first episode, and it's also an episode, 
an episode thing that appears they'll be doing a lot of this um, in the run up to the the launch of the game, which by which got delayed actually since the last episode. It is now November um, when Cyberpunk is coming out. But yes. uh, they showed the first episode with some more gameplay and a new trailer, and that game continues to look something else. Um, oh yeah, I think the mo- is... I think the moment for me was when they did they showed their new trailer, which is not in game, and then they cut back to um, Holly Bennett, who's their their head of um, I can't remember what her official title is, head of communications, something like that. But people yeah. people might know her from. People might know her from the... She used to work for Sony, doing a lot of their streaming stuff. Um, she came on and was like, yep, and all the footage from that came from the prologue from the game. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? And there was like so much stuff in that trailer. And you're like, that's all the prologue. Okay, sure. Take as long as you want to get this right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, they have done... Like, yeah, twice. I mean, yes. <laughs> um, that footage looks real good. That It still yeah, continues it really to... Does. The, the thing for me, I think I said this originally when they showed the first gameplay from that thing. That game continues to look like a video game, and that's a good thing. Because, yeah. and what I mean by that is, like, it'd be very easy to do a very structured, very scripted look through that game to be like, there's no way the final game looks like this. Like, everything yeah. they've shown of that game looks like it is achievable. A metric shit yeah. ton of work, but it's achievable. And it's, yeah. it feels like that game was going to look and behave the way they are showing it and I'm not particularly worried about that no um, yeah the little bits of news that came out of it as well um, it is still a current gen game so it's hitting Xbox One and PS4 the, both of those versions will work on the next gen consoles PS5 and Series X we're going to have to come up either the, the platforms themselves do or we are going to have to come up with some indication of what that means because that does not mean mm-hmm. it is the playstation 5 and xbox series x versions of the game it's just that those consoles will play this the P- the previous gen versions of the game yeah they also announced that there will be an upgrade for the new consoles at some point in the future that will do something to those games theoretically to make them run better to be better on the newer platforms but that's a separate update that's coming later so like you can imagine there's like the PS4 version, the PS4 Plus version, where like, so and again, I only know about the PlayStation Five stuff because I know Xbox have said it will play previous gen games, but they haven't talked about what that means. At least yeah. for PlayStation, they've talked about like, yeah, we will be using like the better loading speeds, the better, the higher, the better processor to like just run and load these games faster. Like PS4 games will run better on PS5. So there's like PS4, PS4 Plus, and PS5, and it seems yeah. like. Based on what they're saying, it will it will cover all of those versions of of the game, um, or the, the game will work across all three of those things. Um, but the only thing I took from that in regards to that stuff is I have no idea how the current gen versions of this game are going to work. Like, nope, it just seems unrealistic to get the stuff, the, the 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 detail and amount of stuff in that world running on current gen. I don't know how they're, especially on a cross-platform game, like like we talked about when we were doing Last of Us, like, because Last of Us is exclusive, they can wring every single bit of performance out of that hardware they can, because yeah. they know exactly what the hardware is. If you're yeah. building a game that not only spans two platforms, despite how platform similar the platforms are, you're also then making it run on the next-gen versions of the stuff and PC. What the fuck does that game look like running on a PS4? Like, see, like genuinely, um, what does that game look like? It's 
fascinated to know. We're not. We're not. We're never going to know. Like no, the only thing the, that we have. The only, the only thing that we have is that we know that the Witcher and stuff worked on everything, but the Witcher was like a way it's a smaller thing. game. Well, not way smaller, but like a smaller thing. And than also, that. yeah, and they're this going for obviously. Yeah, they're going for a different thing. Yeah, different art style, different grade, like of everything. So yeah, don't know. They they have a rep they they have a reputation for making this stuff work, right? So I'm not yeah. too worried. It's just like especially at the point, especially now that it's coming out in November, theoretically on or very near the new console launches, do they just go fuck it? The old versions are the old versions, they're gonna not look as good. But who cares? Because it won't be a problem in a year. Or like the, those are the decisions that, if this game came out in March when it was supposed to, that's a different conversation than when it coming out in November. Yeah. So who knows? Um. So yeah, that game. Fuck! I can't wait for that game. It's gonna be so good. Uh. Hopefully, 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 hopefully that game. Everything, everything that's coming out of that and all the stuff that people have been saying about it for the people yeah. that have played it for four hours have oh, just right. been like. So yeah. That yeah. Was oh the, yeah. This thing like, worth it. Like. Yeah. It's that was the other thing that the, came out. That was the other thing that came out from people. Uh, a bunch of press got to play four hours of that game, um, and yeah. just uh, and the impressions came out after this uh, Night City Wire thing. And all the ones I read were like, "This is an incomprehensibly dense game," uh, and the bit that they played, they enjoyed. I generally saw positive things come out of that. So yeah, cool, good. November should run around like like the, this game. Well, this game and Control were the reasons I bought a twenty seventy. So. You know, we'll we'll make sure this works, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was the last thing. Yes, that's the last thing I have. Uh, oh yeah, and people should go watch the 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 last Fortnite event happened. And even if yeah. you don't give a shit about Fortnite, go and watch what happened at the end of that season because that game continues yeah. to do wild shit with that format that I um have no interest in playing, but very much enjoy watching, and it's great. Uh, cool. I think that's everything. Um, yep. There are no video games coming out. I checked. Uh, there's basically nothing coming out that is... Um, something mid-July, right? Isn't there? Not anymore. I don't think. Unless you can find something specific. Um, I feel like there's something. Hang on. But yeah, there's there's uh, stuff I want to get into. Um, I picked up Griftlands because it was on mm. sale, which is on... Oh, not even because it was... I think it was on sale briefly. Uh, oh, there was a clay sale on Steam. That's what it was. And I picked up Griftlands because I was interested and I really like clay, so I want to get more into that. Uh, I... There was something else as well. Uh, people keep talking about this Shipbreakers game, and I can't tell yeah. if it's entirely up my alley or just not something I'd be interested in. I want to watch somebody play that game before I make a decision on that. Is that not the... Is that not the hard space game is that hard light hard space like... shipbreakers i think yeah it's called. yeah um but yeah so i don't i don't know there'll be a bunch of stuff that i want to play oh, ghost of the Sh- ghost of tsushima is mid july oh okay sure right yeah forgot about that um i will wait and see what people say about that oh game. and deadly premonition 2 that's also a thing oh fuck that's in two weeks yes that's the game that's out yeah yes that yep mm-hmm. looking for a week on friday week on friday awesome uh yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, I am super Is that awesome? I don't know if that's going to be awesome. <laughs> It'll be a thing that we will want to see and talk about. Let's put yeah. it that way. Um, True. Yeah, Tsushima, I'm super interested to see what people make of that game because based when they showed the gameplay from what that game is, I was like, cool, they've made an Assassin's Creed. I'm sure people will enjoy that. Probably not me, but... 
Yeah. And I, I like Assassin's Creed, but like not I burned out pretty heavily on Origins surprisingly fast. Uh, and didn't touch yeah I've, uh, I've not played a game like that in a very long time so i'm yep. thinking that if i do pick that up i might be able to get into it again totally so we'll um but it definitely feels like it's not what i thought that game was going to be or want from that game so i might just wait and see what yeah. people say um yeah and there's a bunch of other small stuff i want to get into um i might go and i got a bunch of the demos from the, the steam um game festival summer game festival that, yeah. that is now over especially by the time you listen to this i think the demos still run i think um even though the, the demos are not available anymore um i might go through a couple of those things um and just put together a video of some of the stuff because there's some really cool stuff in there um that i came across um again steam did the one complaint i'll say about that event steam did what steam does and the first version of this in spring there was like like 20 demos i think it was or something like that yeah so you could very easily go through the list and go oh that looks interesting that looks interesting that looks interesting this time around there are 300 300 demos and you're like cool i'm gonna just grab stuff by name and see if it's any good and i feel like i missed a whole bunch of things on there so yeah um but yeah i might do something with that um what are you getting up to you got more last of us obviously um, yeah i'll see how much more of the last of us i can play um yeah. hopefully i can make it to the end but who knows yeah. um if you get to the, if you get keep... to the point where you're done with that stick it in a bag and send it to me because i sure yeah we'll see keep playing i'll keep playing persona randomly yeah um we start getting into dead by daylight which is fun that game's um, fun i like that game yeah i'm still playing warzone every now and then uh yeah we'll i'm see. still playing my like apex and destiny and stuff obviously oh, right yeah um cool so what we've got coming up there's space Haven video will be going up the week you hear this because i finally got that edited i just didn't want to i had it edited for a while i just didn't render it out because i wanted to wait for the temperature in this fucking office to cool down before i yeah. run my render and i don't blow my cpu up um but yeah that'll go up the week that you hear this um which is a cool game we talked about last time uh like i said i'll play some demos probably uh yeah and if i can get future cop running we should look at that game again because that I have sure. very fond memories of that game. We'll see. Um, but yeah, GameIngineStart.com is the name of the website. You can find all of our articles, videos, and podcasts are on there. We are on YouTube.com slash GameIngineStart. If you subscribe, you'll get notified when we put new videos up. We are on uh, Facebook and Twitter. If you search GameIngineStart, you'll find us there. Podcast at GameIngineStart.com is the email address if you want to get in touch. And that's us. Uh, stay safe and enjoy whatever you're playing. And we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye.